My fellow geeks, welcome to the most exciting episode of the year. It's the Geek Heart Games Game of the Year Spectacular. We've got champagne. We've got confetti. We've got 24 karat gold trophies. We've got... Oh, what's that, Jerry? What? You you didn't buy the champagne? You, di you didn't buy any of it? We don't... We don't have any? Je Cody, we've got to talk to Jerry about his responsibilities. This is not working out. Um, he was a little upset after last week when we accused him of opening our mail. Um, well, to be fair, we've never actually paid him, so we'll, we'll think about that. Um, basically, all we've got is a bunch of talking about video games, which is what we're great at, and also uh, some snazzy suit jackets, because... Uh, we dressed up for the occasion. Yeah, we're looking good. What about a sundial? Is <laughs> <laughs> reference? Okay, um, I did not get that. So, um, the greatest yeah. Disney movie of all time, Hercules. You don't don't know if I've seen moving it. Moving on. It's fine. Moving it's on. Fine. Um, to get things back on track, I am Sam Suvak alongside Cody Tietrick. Hello, Cody. Hello, Sam. How's it going? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. I'm I'm excited for our game of the year episode. Um, I'm also excited to be wearing this suit jacket because it was pretty cold in my bedroom, and uh, now I'm gonna stay nice and warm. So good call on that. So. Yeah, good job. Good job, us. Yeah. Um. So do you want to do just like a little quick catch up on the holidays? Because I hear you got some some good stuff for Christmas. Yeah. So um. Recording this the Friday after Christmas. Right. Um, there's a cat. There's the cat. Up it around the background. Uh, so my uh, geekly haul, as we'll call it, um, was Assassin's Creed Odyssey, the Spyro Reignited Trilogy. One game that uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> a Fallout 76. No. And... <laughs> okay, continue. A Nintendo Switch Pro Controller, oh, nice. which I haven't used yet, but I'm excited to give it a shot. Um, now, if if we'll recall, I will recall that you were telling me what you'd asked for for Christmas, and your mom had come back to you about this Fallout 76, or I guess did she talk to your brother about it? Because she talked to my brother about it. She talked to Chad, it. because yes. she was like, um, I read some really bad reviews about this Fallout 76, and she did not want to get you a crappy game. Um, did you talk to her? Did you find out why she, in fact, went ahead and got it for you? I did not, because okay. then... You were just she happy. Found out my to brother get... told me. Yeah. Oh, oh. So I hope she doesn't listen to this because uh... she, she doesn't. She doesn't. <laughs> oh. All right, all right. That's cool. Um, but uh, yeah. Let me let me just share this. I didn't get any uh, games, but my mom got me this little Mario plushie. Well, he's not little. Cool. He's. I mean, I think he's he's his his head is as big as my head, if not bigger. Um, I don't know. He's he's pretty cool. Can you just a little bit closer, just so we can judge judge the, the size head of your size? Heads? I mean, yeah. he's got the hat on, so it's hard to tell. He's got I mean, a little bit more girth on you, if you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> that's what she said. I don't, I don't, sure. I don't know. It's a real um, rude thing of her to tell you. <laughs> well, I never said she was nice. Uh, Good point. Let me put Mario back here. Uh, so yeah, 
So uh, we had some some pretty good geekiness for Christmas. Yeah. But yeah, but that's over. And now it's time to talk about the game of the year. It is. But before we get to, well, okay, here's what's going to happen. We've got, we both have our top 10 lists of our top 10 favorite games of the year, culminating in number one, which will be our ultimate game of the year. Um, but in addition to that, we've got some just special categories for things that we want to call out. And so we'll be going through those first and then we'll get to our top 10 lists. So first off in our categories, Cody, can you tell me from video game characters in games that were released in 2018, who would you like to have with you in a bar fight? Now, Sam, I'm a smart man. I don't drink, so I don't go to bars. But there's there's other things to do at bars besides drink. Okay, good point. Okay, although uh, although mostly what I'm thinking of is like a dance club slash bar. Oh, uh, okay, okay. You you could go out uh, somewhere where there's drinking to do dancing, and then a, a fight could break out. So, uh, I'm a white man, so I don't dance. But if I was gonna go dance. <laughs> uh, and some other patron ran into me and wanted to fight me. Mm-hmm. I think I'd have to bring my boy Kratos to back me up. Because no one is going to walk up to me and be like, Sir, I would like to fight you when a seven foot tall god of war is standing behind me. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense because your strategy is to just avoid the fight completely. By having exactly. him intimidate people. See, I I was been considering Kratos, but I'm like, he would probably just kill people if he got into a fight. He'd be like, whatever, you're dead, you're out of here. But I like your idea about just avoiding the fight completely, because nobody wants to pick a fight with Kratos. So yeah. um, you just look at him and be like, boy, you don't want to do that. So yeah. <laughs> Um I'm I'm kind of imagining that at a at a gay club and like whoever was trying to pick a fight is like oh okay sir whatever you say yeah yeah you know so <laughs> they they would uh, enjoy that they would my strategy would be not worth anything no fighting at all that night It'd be great um, okay so for my pick I was going with Cassandra from Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Because, I mean, you know, she's going to be good in a fight. Um, And then just based on the game, you know, she was friends with that young girl. uh, And so she was kind of protective and motherly of her. And so I'm thinking, like, me being a small person who fits into children's clothes, like, she'll have a protective instinct over me. And so she'll, like, want to take care of me and make sure I don't get hurt in a bar fight. Because, like, I'm not fighting. I'm just going to, like, hide under a table or try to get to safety or something. And so she's going to have to take care of it and just protect me. So I thought that was, you know, a pretty good choice for that. That was a smart choice. Very smart choice. I think we both had really good choices. So, yeah. yeah. I feel like no matter what. No one's fucking with us in a bar fight. Like, yeah. Like Cassandra. Yeah. Would take some ass. My God, we're gonna go out on a night partying with just Kratos and Cassandra, and it would be awesome. So we'll teach you how to dance. We'll teach you and Kratos how to dance because I don't think he's a big dancer either, but we'll try. Yeah, that's not gonna go where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's getting an axe to the chest. I don't think he would do that. I don't know. I think it would be fine. We'll work it out. We'll work out the details later. So, yeah. 
All right. Do you want to tell us our next category? I believe we are starting with favorite character. So, my favorite character from video games in 2018 was Arthur Morgan. Because, and I'll talk about this a little bit more in another category later, I think the story arc that that character goes on is probably one of the best in video games for a very long time. Um, I had a friend, she started playing Red Dead Redemption 2, and I was kind of like, you should know, it's not really like a video game. <laughs> it's more of like an experience where you are playing a cowboy, and that's what the game wants you to do, is play a cowboy. Uh, but like the story of Arthur makes that experience really good because of all the stuff he does. Um, because at times he's a bad person, but as the story goes on, you kind of see that character change. Um, and ultimately what happens in the end with him is this like heartbreaking but beautiful story that keeps you on the edge of your seat to the very end because you never know what's going to happen. And the choices that you make in the game really define who Arthur is in the end. And like it just left me like with like this guttural punch to the heart. Mm-hmm. But like a really good punch, you know? Like the best. <laughs> me and Arthur Morgan. Just I don't know. Good yeah. Just like I don't I You don't knew get, what I was going with, okay? I don't get good punches to the heart. Usually those are just rough, but you yeah. know. Whatever. Whatever you're into. I accept you. But yeah, Arthur Morgan. that's uh, my favorite character of the year. What about you, Sam? Who's your favorite character? Who punches you in the heart? <laughs> nobody punches me in the heart because if they're my friend they're not gonna do that um this was probably the toughest category for me just trying to like nail it down um i eventually settled on kratos is my favorite character yeah. which i mean it's surprising because well the whole game is surprising and his his story arc um but, you know, you just you see him as this gruff, unfeeling God. Um, mm-hmm. And then over the course of things, you kind of you, you slowly start to chip away and see the feelings underneath him and like how much he really cares for Atreus. And just like I wouldn't even call it a dry sense of humor because I don't even know if it's actually a sense of humor, but like they they make him say funny things but like it's not like he's actually being funny but just like the way they do it just his seriousness and the way it comes across as humor is done really well so he's just like someone that i really enjoyed spending the journey with um so yeah that's that's who i went with so yeah good pick all right our next one is favorite moment in a video game so Cody, why don't you tell me? This was the hardest category for me because I could not, like, I was like, I don't know. I don't want to get too spoilery. Yeah. Huh. And I, I had to sit down and think, and I was like, what's the moment that, like, I was like, I'm in. Like, this has hooked me in the video game. And it's got to go to the opening fight with the stranger in God of War. Okay. Because, let me tell you, where I think of superhero fights, that is the fight I think of. Because it is a knockdown, drag-out brawl that just, you're like, there's no way I'm going to win this. And then you do, so you think. And the stranger comes <laughs> back later. 
uh, but like it is just amazing. Like it's so visually stunning, but also like with every punch, like that Kratos throws, you feel it. And when the stranger hits you, you feel it. And like the vibration of the controller just mm-hmm. sticks with you. And like I finished that fight, and I was like, I am not putting this down. Like I gotta keep going. Like I gotta see what happens next. Like it is one of the best boss fights in any video game ever and like just mind-blowingly good like so good like so yeah my favorite moment of the year in video games was the opening fight with the stranger from god of war sam what you got first let me just state for people listening if you hear a helicopter that is the helicopter near my house that is going crazy uh so sorry about that please ignore that and it's not on your end it's just me so um now in a probably not strange turn of events um your your moment was at the beginning of god of war and mine is at the end of god of war and um i don't think this is too much of a spoiler let me start this and you stop me if i need to but um just the part where kratos explains to atreus why he he named him atreus and and what that name meant to him and that all right should i like should i tell that or should i not tell that um the look on your face says i should spoiler talk okay for the top 10 okay spoiler god of war is in the top 10 you guys yeah (laughs) um so we'll save that but that that moment um so there's sometimes there's there's moments in you know in movies or in tv shows or in video games where it's so emotional for me that like later when i'm just like thinking through it and remembering the scene in my head again like i'll start to get choked up again just because it's so moving and that's one of those that that really gets me because it's so good so so that's my moment what's next cody Next up, we got best visuals, and uh, hey, shockingly, mine goes to God of War. <laughs> um, there are so many moments because of the uh, the one shot camera in this game, how like the camera follows yeah. you and like reveals these like wide open areas that like just took my breath away. Uh, the kind of closing uh, of the game when you uh, you walk through this portal into another realm i'll say that much um the first time you see this realm is just breathtaking like it's like oh my gosh um i would say that almost every realm is like that the first time you see it you're like oh my god yeah they're so gorgeous yeah once you get out to like these wide areas that you can just see everything it's just like oh my gosh that's so pretty even the like kind of dark and like Mm -hmm. not so nice places look stunning um and then, like, the designs on the characters, like, detail, like, the way Kratos' muscles move when he throws the axe and it comes back to him and you catch it, and you can just see the muscles tense in the arm. It's just, like, it's so crisp and clean. And, like, it's just, the attention to detail there was just so amazing. Um, but, yeah, and, like, I, this counts as best visuals. I'm glad they gave Kratos like a full-on beard. It's really fucking nice, okay? Um, like <laughs> That's what won the category something... for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like just the different kind of armor pieces you pick up in the game and like mm-hmm. how cool they look. 
and the design of the Leviathan Axe is really awesome. Um, there's so many things about that game like just add up to make it the best visuals for me. Like the stunning landscapes, the character design, just like all the small details that they just nail perfectly, like really bring out the game. Like the story is amazing, but the visuals are just incredible. So, Sam, what is your best visuals? Well, broken record over here. Um, it's God of War for me as well. Um, surprise! Hey! So, pretty much everything that you said, um, this, this is a fantasy world, but the way it's portrayed is so lifelike and so realistic that it, it just looks incredible. I mean, it looks like you could just step through the TV and, like, be in this world. It's so crisp and, and realistic. Um... I, I have to say, like, when you're when you're going on the Bifrost, like in the room to activate the Bifrost to travel to the different realms, there's these visual effects that happen while that's going on. And that is just like so gorgeous. I remember the first time that I saw that, I was just like, oh, my God, so beautiful. Um, you mentioned like the armor pieces in the axe and like. One thing, like, when you're going and upgrading the axe, like, every time you do something, the visuals of the axe changes. And so it, like, gets more, um, I'd say, detailed and beautiful as the game goes along and as you yeah. as you upgrade it. Um, and just, I don't know. Everything that you said, um, fr uh, ooh, whoa, fr fr freezing, um, the freezing world, where was that? Hellheim? Uh, Hellheim is the icy? fireplace. The icy what? place is uh, kind of spoilery. Okay. Um. Well, well, I was trying to avoid one thing, and I just stepped into something else. So let's just, said, let's just end it there. We're going to end it there, and let's move on. <laughs> so, um, all right. So here's something that's not going to be God of War. Uh, what is your best ongoing or DLC? Oh, you mean the new game plus for God of War doesn't count as a deal? I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's got to go to the game that we played so much of this year, and that is Destiny 2 Forsaken. Um, I don't think, and me, to me personally, Destiny wasn't in a bad spot for, for some, a lot of people it was. Like, it, the grind was gone, and, like, they needed Forsaken to be kind of, like, the thing that writes the ship. And I feel like they nailed it 100%. Like, I brought a lot of people back to the game obviously you're not gonna please everybody but like the story they delivered um which isn't a spoiler because it's in like all the campaigns they're all the promotional stuff but like cave death like all this stuff like this wonderful story that they created there uh and then following it up with like ongoing stuff for the uh dreaming city and stuff like that like they really just nailed everything with this dlc um and they're continuing to nail it for the most part uh we've obviously has some issues with black armory and stuff but for the most part forsaken has been like amazing in every way um yeah what about you sam i feel like next time we need to like do these categories better so like we don't have the same answers um because mine is also Hi. destiny 2 forsaken um i i love all the story content that comes in destiny 2 period and forsaken was such a good story because like everybody loves Cade. i mean what kind of maniac doesn't love Cade? i don't know i don't i don't want to know um but so he made it 
just mean so much more uh, for his death and like, you know, the way you got to see him really shine up until that point uh, was fantastic. And then getting the combat bows, I know we've talked about that before, but just like introducing that new weapon was just a game changer because it was just such a new way to play and um, everybody had a blast with those bows. When we went to the Tangled Shore and worked with Spider and like all of a sudden Fallen were our allies now, which we'd never had that before. So that was exciting. And just kind of the direction that they're taking it and where you're starting to kind of question stuff and what you thought you knew might not, might not be, you know, what stuff is. We have to wait and see. Or maybe you guys already know, but because I haven't been playing enough, like I'm, I'm still, I still don't know. Um, but yeah, and just... Also, I mean, just the visuals for Destiny 2 have always been amazing for me as well. And so the Tangled Shore and the Dreaming City um, have been just so gorgeous. I mean, we were playing one time and I'm like, guys, just stop and look at these floors. Like, aren't these floors amazing? <laughs> you guys are making fun of me, but they just they looked so beautiful. Um, and like every time we would go to a new place, like I'd want to stop and, and take screenshots because it's just so gorgeous. Um and also the soundtrack. Destiny 2 always has a good soundtrack. And we got oh, yeah. we got the Forsaken soundtrack from that. So um, just everything about it is fantastic. So yeah, that, that's the one that does it for me. So. All right. All right. It's my turn, correct? Sure. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. Um, our personal favorite game developer of the year. Uh, Sam, what you got? Okay, um, I I picked Microsoft for this one, and, and that's kind of why I wanted to just have this whole category, um, because I really appreciate what Microsoft has been doing this year. I've I've preached to the choir like a million times about Game Pass and how wonderful it is, um, but I mean, just they're they're giving people such a great deal for ten dollars a month. You have a selection of so many games to play the new releases that are coming straight to Game Pass. Um, it's just making it a more affordable way for people to access more games. Um, that's really cool. They've bought all these studios, so they're really going to be working on their first-party games, which that's really the area where they've been lacking this generation. So it's, it's really um, encouraging to, to see where they're going to be going with that. And then finally for me, the... They worked to, to release the adaptive controller, which is just a, a, another way to let people uh, who might who wouldn't be able to play games with like a regular controller, they're now uh, have accessibility to play games the way they need to. And um, you had posted, you shared a Twitter post like a month or two ago, and oh god, it was it just, it made me cry. Um, so it was, oh, it was a commercial for the adaptive controller and. You, you don't really know what's going on at first. You just see this little boy, like, running through the neighborhood. It's all snowy, and he's running, and he's gathering, like, all the neighborhood kids. He's like, oh, he's about to do it. Come on, you don't want to miss this. Let's go. Come on. Oh, my God, I'm going to get choked up. And so he gathers, like, the whole neighborhood together, and they come in, 
and it's just this kid and he's playing on the adaptive controller and like you don't even see what he's playing you just like from everyone's excitement you can tell that he's like about to beat a boss or do something really impressive and he just has like the whole neighborhood there cheering him on oh my god Cody I'm getting so worked up about this um and it was just so beautiful and the tagline was um what was it when everybody plays we all win or something like that and it was just so sweet and I just like it makes me happy that they're making such an effort to do that because I mean you know people don't have to make the effort they make their games for the people who can play normally and they're like you know that's it I'm done um but to really go the extra mile to to help get games in the hands of as many people as possible um it's awesome and it I just really thought it was cool and I wanted to to give them, you know, a pat on the back for that and call it out. So, so that's the one that did it for me. Cody, what about you? Uh, so I had to think long and hard on this one because I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't really think about developers a lot sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, like who, who really impressed me this year? Um, and Microsoft was one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think ultimately, I went with... Ubisoft um, because I think it's really like it says a lot when a company looks at a product and chooses to continue supporting it instead of just mm-hmm. leaving it and forgetting it and moving on to the next thing um, like they do that with other live service games like Mario Six Siege, uh, The Division uh, even with like Division 2 being announced and stuff like that they're still doing stuff for Division 1 which is really good uh, for Honor got a new DLC this year and then like Trials Fusion uh, got released free to hype up the next one, which is Trials Rising. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and like ultimately it culminates with uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which was like a big step for them because like they had learned a lot from... Um, Origins. Origins. I, I couldn't have blanked on the name there for a minute. <laughs> uh, and they took that and they went to the next level and like you get to choose between... Being a male or female, and like you can do all like anything you want in this game, pretty much like romance do you want. Um, and they got a lot of shit for that, uh, but like it was historically accurate for the time. Um, and like ultimately, just all that stuff like added up for me. It was like, all right, cool, like you guys, especially and also like I like when a developer works well with other developers. So, like, Microsoft working well with Nintendo was really cool, Ubisoft also worked really well. Nintendo because like they had Starlink and like they had a partnership with that they have Mario plus Rabbids uh, that had a DLC this year uh, so all this like stuff just kept adding up for me and I was like man like Ubisoft is doing a great job right now and like they have so much coming in 2019 like I gotta give it to them because like I mean also I started playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey and like we'll talk about that in a second but god damn god, it's so good um <laughs> So yeah, like Ubisoft, I think it's killed it this year, and I can't wait to see what they bring next year with the Division Two and stuff like that. So yeah, mine goes to Ubisoft. Cool. Yeah, that was emotional. Sorry, I could have busted out some waterworks if I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next up we have best voice acting. Um, so mine for this one, I. I'm going to go with Christopher Judge, who voiced Kratos in God of War. And, I mean, there were a lot of good contenders this year, but I feel like what he did with Kratos and, like, what he had to work with 
was so little and he had to convey so much with just like sometimes his little grunts and his like hmm you know or his boys um and just like also i don't know if this should matter but like when i see him like outside of the voice acting like at awards a ceremony or at different things like he's just such a fun happy smiley man and so to see him be the complete polar opposite of what kratos is um just like shows like how well he did in like embodying this uh, this other character um so yeah i i think he did a great job and i just enjoyed listening to him so yeah that's that's mine what about you cody um I went with Roger Clark, the voice of Arthur Morgan. Um, not only the story that he went through, but like the range of emotions that Roger Clark was able to do with Arthur uh, was really stunning. Like how he could go from being this kind, gentle when talking to like older women or young kids, but then when faced with an adversary, how like visceral and like primal his like voice would get like when he was talking to someone he hated like pinkerton um like it was such a great range of emotions throughout the game and just like how he kept that going throughout the entire game and like the voice acting it was just top notch and red redemption all around but like roger clark really brought it to a next level with all the uh all the things he had to do um and how like when you're calling for your horse or when you're patting your horse, just all the different like things he had to say probably in studio. Like he mm. probably was there for a good couple hours just saying different things. Cause like you don't get a repeat very often. Yeah. Like it's usually like a couple different ones before you finally like, okay, he says like, you're a good boy twice. Um, and so like, yeah, like I think Roger Clark really killed it this year with Red Dead Redemption 2. And like, he's definitely up there with like some of my favorite voice actors of all time. So yeah. Nice. All right. And the same, we got uh, one more category that you wanted to bring up. Yeah. So this is for uh, diversity representation. And when we were making our categories, Cody was like, well, I know we'll put this one in here because I know that's really important to you. And I was like, oh, yeah, it is. Thank you. And then I was like, man, what what games did I play this year that had good diversity representation? And apparently I've been falling down on the job because I, I just I didn't have a ton um, but there, there is one game that I played recently that I, I just loved. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that one. Cause that one really did it for me. So it's called your Royal Gayness and it's on steam and it's a visual novel where you're playing as Prince Amir. He is the, uh, obviously he's the son of the King and Queen and they have gone on a trip for whatever reason. And so he's left in charge of the kingdom for three months. And so you, uh, get to control him for 30 days or sorry 90 days I can't do math um, and you know you're you've got situations that will arise that you'll have to deal with in the kingdom um, and so you've got your money stat you've got your army stat your loyalty of the nobles stat and your um, happiness of the citizens stats and so you want to like keep those you know, as high as possible, and then you'll use currency out of those stats for different things. Um, and so it's it has a good sense of humor. Like, you'll have 
some of the things that I had to deal with as the prince were um, there was an infestation of cats. There were just like too many cats everywhere. And so, like, yeah, so, but luckily there was a neighboring kingdom that had a problem with rats. So we just rounded up the cats and sent them over there. It was fine. Um, there was another, I don't know, there's this, the developers were really into cats because there was another situation where someone had knitted their special mittens for their cat's feet and someone had stole them and like the cat's feet were cold. And so it was like, it was a real serious situation. Um, and then there was one thing where like there was going to be a protest and I avoided the protest by like, having a, a puppy parade on the other side of town. And so like everybody went to the puppy parade and like avoided the protest. So that was great. Um, so you've got stuff like that that you have to deal with every day. And then occasionally a princess comes to the door and proposes to you and wants to get married. And so you have to think of an excuse to get her to go away and not marry you. Cause uh, sorry, I might not have stated this, but Prince Amir is gay. Um, but like he doesn't, like the, the, the citizens don't know that it's like a big secret. Right. Um, so <laughs> you have like, you'll have like different options of things you could pick to say to these women to like put together a sentence to try to scare them away. And like, apparently you're supposed to send your spy master to like spy on the princesses to learn what the best responses are to get them to go away. But you can also send your spy master to spy on princes that you want to try to date um, but then also your spy master can gather the nobility's loyalty and you need the loyalty to do laws. So like, it was kind of hard to balance like what you wanted to do with the spy master. But anyway, um, the point is if you, if you don't do well with these princesses, if you don't say the right thing to get them to uh, get out of here, um, you have a suspicion meter and so it'll start raising. And if the suspicion meter gets to the top, uh, these cultists come and they put you on trial for being gay. And so, yeah, I was like real nervous about this the first time. I'm like, whoa, what's going to happen? But the trial is really easy because it just like shows you two pictures and you have to like pick one. And so like the pictures are like one is an avocado and one is a cucumber. Or one is a picture of like a man, a woman and a child. And then one is a picture of two men kissing. So it's like really easy to like pick the less gay looking one. Um... So, like, I, I got out of it not ah. guilty, and I was fine. Um, I was very disappointed to find out that if you fail, I, I, if, you t if you pick the more gay-looking images, uh, you still get found not guilty. So I was like, what's, what's the point of these trials? It's kind of just a waste of time, but that's beside the point. Um, but there's, so you've got, like, different types of laws that you can enact, uh, but, like, the first one that I did was to make homosexuality legal, across the my country um and it was really cool because like sometimes you get different letters from your friends and stuff and then sometimes you get just random letters from citizens and so after i did that i got a letter from somebody who was like so happy i was like oh i finally get to be with the person that i love and da 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 and like it made me feel really good about what i did and then the next day i got a letter from someone who was really pissed and who really hates gay people and i was like oh oh that's that's unfortunate. Um, and so I feel like what this game does, it like, it kind of gives you a balance of that stuff because like, you know, a lot of people are gay and they're out and they're fine with stuff, but then a lot of people do have to hide it for certain reasons. Um, and so this kind of forces you to be in that position and to see it from a lot of different angles. Cause like, you know, you're like, Oh, I got to try to get my suspicion meter down. Oh, there is one thing you would like. So 
my um like potions master he can make me a potion that makes your beard grow and then that makes you seem more manly and so your suspicion meter goes down a little bit but i was very disappointed because it didn't go down very far and i was like this is not worth it so um but yeah overall it was it was a really fun game i i would highly recommend it um but yeah i thought it was it was great for this category but yeah so and cody you had something you wanted to mention Oh yeah, um, was well, Assassin's Creed Odyssey? They opened it up and they were like, "You can romance whoever you want." Like, I think it's a very big thing because it's like a mm-hmm. popular, like, big title um, that's doing this. And uh, I personally haven't got to do that yet, um, but I've seen it be done, and it seems like a really cool option. And like, it's just nice to for it to be in the game because like it is kind of historically accurate and stuff. Uh, it's just nice that developers are starting to think about it like that. Like, oh, we should include other stuff for people who don't want just a regular relationship. Yeah. Like, not regular. You know what I mean? Um, Heteronormative. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's the word. Uh, and so, yeah, I think this is really cool on Ubisoft. Uh, I was like, we were before the podcast, we were just trying to like rack our brains like, what else has happened this year and like i just couldn't think of anything i was i'm um, so real bad well i did a... yeah i played another game called heaven will be mine but i did not get into it the sci-fi stuff was super weird in it and i was just like oh so i don't hmm. know and I, don't, I played hustle cat but i don't think that came out this year so i don't know but i'll do better um oh i played a demo for arcade spirits and um that had lets you have options to romance whoever so it seems pretty cool. It's coming out next February, though. So maybe we'll be talking about that one next year. So, maybe. Yeah. Right. yeah. All right. I think that's going to wrap up our categories. So we're preparing to move into our top 10. However, before we get there, we ran a community poll on Twitter to let everybody else weigh in on what their favorite game of the year was. And we, so when Cody first came to me with this idea, he was like, yeah, I think we'll have like 16 games. We'll do brackets and do all this. And I was like, are you crazy? 16 games that could be in contention for like game of the year. That's like ridiculous. No, there's no way we can do that many. And so we were just going to do like eight. And so we sat down to make our lists and then like we were making them and we had like so many games. We're like, I was like, oh, you know what? I think, I think you were spot on. I think we need to do that 16. So Cody knows what he's talking about. Um, So we won't go into like what all 16 games were, uh, but we tried to get some diversity in there for, for all the different types of games. Um, And then, so we had four polls running with four each. And then we took those, the, the top winners from each of the polls and put them in the finals um, Cody, do you want to like announce like four, three, two, one? Would that be exciting? Um, yeah, go for it. Give me a countdown. All right. So the community has spoken for their favorite game of the year. Coming in at number four, we have. Oh, you meant like. I thought you were going to say like. Oh, I thought you were going to be like four, three, two, one, go. I'd say the, the winner. You meant like no. Um, I, was, I was just gonna give the top four some love, but now that I say it, like I don't remember what the order was, but I've well, got it pulled all, up right now. No one voted for Monster Hunter World, which is number four. No, how dare you, people? Wait, no, somebody oh, did. Voted? Yeah, it's got four percent of the vote. Okay, thank you to that one person. 
To be fair, it won its bracket, obviously, or it wouldn't have made it to the final four. Good point. So good, point. good on Monster Hunter World. It's the, it's top fourth, the fourth top game. So you know, good. Yeah. Okay. And then coming three. in. I was gonna do oh, it. Okay, you okay, you're gonna do, do the thing. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. We're, we're not on the thing. All right. Coming in at number three, we have. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. <gasps> a late contender, but hey, people love their Smash Bros. What are you going to do? Yeah. All right. Coming. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. <clears throat> Coming in at number two, we have. Marvel's Spider-Man. I don't know the Spider-Man theme song or do it but it's fine spider-man spider-man that was like a 90s. weird that was weird it sounded okay. like you should be playing like, like a sitar with it or something it was like the 90s like animated spider-man tv show you know what i'm talking about yeah, i never watched it i'm sorry it's fine are you ready all right the community oh. voted and their number one game of the year is God of War! Nice. That was good. Nice. That was good. So, thank you. so, yeah. So, thank you to everybody who voted. That was that was an exciting <laughs> little little thing to do. Um, I, I know I love voting in polls, so hopefully people enjoyed that. We had some good participation, so um, we had some people rooting for their games, so. Oh, yeah. And I don't think anyone who was doing some rooting actually got their, their winner, but that's okay. It's okay. Yeah. We tried, you know. It's it's, we tried, yeah. it's an honor just to be in the competition. So, it's a good for you. Speaking of honor, we have some honorable mentions for our top ten. That was a fucking segue and a half. That was go. fucking gold right there, man. <laughs> uh, so, Sam and I have a combined honorable mention of a nice little puzzle game we played earlier in the year called Friday 13th Killer Puzzle. Um, really fun puzzle game. Like, uh, those early levels are pretty simple, and then the difficulty definitely ramps up mighty quickly. Um, uh, and I think it's like it's awesome because obviously it's Friday Thirteenth, and I love that. Um, but I do love the humor that they inject into the yeah. game, yeah. Um, like when you go to prison uh, and you go into the cafeteria, and Pamela Voorhees' head pops up, and it's like, Jason, remember Meatloaf? You used to love when I made Meatloaf. And, like, I died when I heard that line. It was so funny. Um, yeah, I had a blast of that game. It was, it was a lot of fun. I should, really should get back to it. I think it's on sale currently on the Switch. So, definitely... Uh, I didn't know it made it to Switch. I believe so. I believe they tweeted that out today. Oh, nice. But, hey. I'm not go get it it's good yeah deal. it's a, it's a fun game um i had a lot of fun with it um it's it's one of those things where like it's it's stupid to say this but it makes learning fun you know because like oh, yeah. you're playing as jason and you're killing these people in in fun and exciting ways but like at its essence it's just a puzzle game i mean if it was just like get to point a or point b without going through this or whatever um it could be just like a really boring little puzzle game um but the way they they injected the friday the 13th elements into it just made it so much fun so uh yeah. it was really hard uh 
once I got to, that's pretty much why I stopped playing, because I got to the really hard levels. They're probably not even that hard, but, like, I would, because you can get a hint, you can ask your mom, Pamela yeah. Voorhees, to show you a hint, and, like, she'll play out what you need to do, and, like, I'd watch it, and then I'd be like, okay, my turn, and then I'd be like, wait, what? what did it just happen? And like, I'd have to watch it again. And like, I'd have to watch the hint like multiple times before I could like get it right. Um, but yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I feel like it would be good for my brain if I went back and tried to do some more, but you know, yeah. we'll see. But yeah. We'll see check, check it out. If you like puzzles and horror. So, um, uh, Cody, what else do you have for an honorable mention? Uh, so I'm going to talk a little bit more about the other ones. So I just want to get this one out of the way. Um, I did not play Marvel Spider-Man at all, um, which is shocking to me because earlier in the year I was very excited for it. But as it get, got closer, I just wasn't feeling it. Um, I am going to play that game next year. Uh, I know I've heard great stuff about it. Um, and I'm excited to eventually get to it. But it just did not make my top ten this year because I just did not play it. So what about you, Sam? What do you got for an honorable mention? Okay, so here's the thing. What I did, I did a little bit of cramming before our podcast. I was like, you know, there's some... Well, basically, so Celeste, I'd heard such good things about it. And then seeing it at the Game Awards, seeing the developers get up there, and they were just so adorable, and they had such a good message. And I just like, you know, I wanted I wanted to give this another go, which I I bought Celeste earlier in the year, like when it came out. Apparently I played for 28 minutes and called it quits, um, but <laughs> platformers are not my thing, and this one is super hard, and I know that it had assist mode, and I know that I turned the assist mode all the way on, uh, but at the time, like, I still just, I wasn't into it, I wasn't feeling it, I was like, meh, you know. Um, so this time I was like, you know what, I'm just starting with the assist modes all the way on, and I'm just really here for the story, and I want to see what this is about. Um... So I just, you know, I had that dash and I just unlimited dashes and I was just like, doop, doop, doop. so I was just kind of flying through the levels. <laughs> um, first, let me say, if you played this game without all of the assists on, I'm in awe of you. If you played it for any amount of time with none of the assists on, then you are like godlike in your video game powers. So I really think you're amazing because um, this game is like, I go into these levels and I'm like, I have no idea how you would do this if you did not have uh, all your assist modes turned on. Um, so good for good for people who can do that. Good for the developer, because, I mean, it, you know, you have this dream to make this game and you want it to be super difficult and you make it that way. But then you don't want to limit who can access this game. You want them to experience this story and just the experience of playing this game. And so you give them a way to do that. And giving them all of the assist modes is just, I mean, I'd say it's pretty revolutionary. I mean, some games have something like that, but um, the way they, they did this one. And also, like, I believe there's a way where you can just skip a, a world or a level if you're having too much trouble with it. If you can't get past, you can just choose to skip it and not even do it. Um, so they give you so many options. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was definitely worth it to experience the story that goes through here. Um, you know, it's your, I guess her name's Madeline, but I renamed her Sam. So it was just like saying Sam all the time talking to me. Um, so the character, 
is has some problems like reconciling parts of herself and as you're climbing the mountain you're dealing with that and like physical manifestations of that and you know it's it's pretty amazing once you get to the last level um how the situation resolves itself and then how that resolution affects the gameplay and how you finish your ascent to the top of the mountain it was really cool and i i can only imagine like how moving this would have been if you had fought so hard without the assists to actually go through the levels and you had done this like you would feel so accomplished you'd feel like you had actually climbed a mountain um so I I think Celeste is a great game. It's definitely worth all the hype. Um, if you're not into platformers, you know, play it with the assist mode on. That's that's fine. It's that's you get to you get to play as well. Um, so it's just it it wasn't. I didn't have as much fun with that as I did the games in my top ten. So that's why it didn't get a spot. But I think it's it's fantastic and it's worth it. So check that one out. Cody, what you got next? My other one is uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I uh, just got this this week. I'm probably between 8 and 10 hours into the game. Um, <laughs> I tried to put games on this list that I had over 20 hours in and or I had beaten the game um, because I felt Wait, like I had a more... Is that a rule? Because I sure didn't do that. No, this is, a, this is like a self-imposed rule. So, like, I, ha- I don't have enough time in Assassin's Creed Odyssey to for- have a, like, full on opinion okay. about the game yeah um but i am loving it um uh, and i'm kicking myself for not playing it sooner because i would <laughs> love for it to be on this list like it could rival my love for red Dead redemption 2 is wow. how much i'm enjoying it already i'm playing it as alexios i know most people play as cassandra um but like i just alexios seems like a cool character to me um and everything i've done in that game like the combat feels really fluid uh the ship combat's really cool the story so far has been really like fun um with the like kind of because you're playing pretty much a mercenary and you're kind of playing both sides a little bit Mm -hmm. um to get what you want and i'm enjoying that uh and so far they haven't done that stupid thing where they gotta get me back in the animus or whatever and i gotta walk around for 20 minutes like every (laughs) assassin's creed game fucking decides to do i don't understand i mean there's Um, gonna be some of that just yeah, I know. but it's, it's i think it. it's a lot less than previous games so that's good um but i am really loving the game and i'm excited to beat it i'm going to spend a lot of time with it uh and yeah like it's a really good game cody cody stop with the pin clicking please oh sorry <laughs> oh, i didn't know how loud that was um <laughs> it's a really great game and i'm excited to keep like diving in further and seeing where it goes uh so yeah, it's not on my top ten list just because I'm only so far I yeah. can't like form a full opinion on it. So, what else you got, Sam? Oh, I forgot. Um, yeah. So, all right. Like I was saying, I was doing my cramming. I'm like, all right. People started talking about Gris and like how wonderful and emotional this game was, and I was like, oh, I just I feel like I should just just try it just to. You know, to just to see if it does something for me, because you know I love an emotional game, um, and it looks really cool because it's like this hand drawn and watercolor animation style, so it's it's neat looking. Uh, but at its heart, this game is a puzzle platformer, and if there's one thing I'm 
horrible at worse than platformers it's a puzzle platformer um so 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 i didn't have like the best time with this game just because i am not quick to figure things out and then i get frustrated because i'm unable to figure it out and then i go and like google how to do it and then i get past that part but then i feel like like, it's a waste. Like, why even play it if I'm just going to, like, Google the walkthrough all the way through, you know? And what's really sad is, like, I Googled it and there was, like, a full walkthrough video that was, like, two hours and 15 minutes. I was like, because it's not a long game. Um, I'd played about an hour of it, but I was just, I just really didn't want to keep playing it. So I stopped. And it's really sad because, like, if I'd gone a little further, you know, I could have, I could have finished it, um... So I never really got to anything super emotional, um, which I'm kind of disappointed in. But I will say this, as much as I don't like puzzle platformers, it was doing really cool things with its puzzle platforming. And so if you are into that kind of game, I highly recommend it. Um, just like the way you would have to solve the puzzles and the way stuff moves in relation to you it was it was really cool and i mean the art style and the music were really good as well so i mean people are, are just like in love with this game saying it's like one of the best games of the year uh personally not for me but i can see that it's a really cool game and if you like that thing if it sounds appealing at all you should probably check it out because you'll probably love it so that's my other honorable mention so yeah all right all right hmm for our top 10. It's time. You cut out just a tiny bit there. Oh, sorry. You do. Sometimes there are these little spikes with your audio. It's like, but it's overall, I think it's okay. So, I don't know. All right. Okay. So, for our top 10, we're going to do it similar to how we did our top, top, top 25 games of all time. Um, where if we have a game lower on the list, uh, we're not going to talk about it right away until we get to that point. Mm -hmm. um, and we should restate, these are our personal top 10 games. You can disagree with us. But once again, these are our top 10 games. Not yours. We'd love to hear yours. You can send them to us at contactedgeekcardgames.com. But uh, these are our top 10. Yeah. And so don't get mad. And I mean, we're not even saying that they're the best games of the year. We're just saying these are the ones that we really like. I mean, I think mine are pretty good, personally. <laughs> um, just, just saying. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm going to say mine might not be the best games, but they're the ones that I had a lot of fun with and I love for various reasons. So, um. I'm going to write yours down as we go, just so I'll have a record, because I like to keep records of things. So, All right. All right. Cody, do you want to start us off with your number 10? Yes, I will. Um, so this is kind of a newer game uh, that got added at the last second. Um, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate made it <laughs> onto my list at the very end. Wow. Um, I picked this game up last week. I have already put over 20 hours into it. Damn. And I am loving it. Um, it's more Smash Brothers, which I love Smash Brothers. One of my favorite party games to play. Um, 
I think the new campaign mode is really cool, War of Light. Uh, I was shocked by how much I like it because I initially was like, man, these spirits thing sound stupid. Um, but they actually like using the spirits still kind of stupid, but the battles you have against the spirits are actually kind of fun because they're adding different like modifiers to a normal opponent. Okay. Um, the how I'm unlocking the roster with the like challenger approaches and like so a new a new fighter shows up so I can add to my roster. Um, it's a lot of fun because it is a challenge. It's like you don't know all these fighters' moves, so sometimes you get beaten. Mm-hmm. And I like to remember that so I can get revenge later. So I got. Oh, Cody, 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 hold on, Cody. Hey, small technical difficulties there, folks. Uh, the internet's funny sometimes. Um, so as I was saying, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Um, so yeah, like uh, sometimes when you after you play a game, like you just play like a random uh, versus mode. Uh, it'll say a new challenger approaches, and like so every time it's a new fighter to unlock for the roster because you only start with eight characters at the start. Um, kind of you know, just not to overwhelm you. Uh, and so like it's been a lot of fun because they are challenging because like. Uh, I didn't play the last Smash Brothers when they added like Ryu, so like I've never played against Ryu in this game. Uh, so he beat me like four times, uh, and then last two nights ago, I want to say, uh, I finally beat him and added him to the roster. So don't got to fight him anymore. Nice. Um, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, it does have some issues. Uh, the online is not the greatest; is very laggy. Yeah. Um, that's that's fantastic is... for a fighting game, I hear. Yeah, um, I mean, I've won all three of my games, so I'm happy. You've only uh, played three games online? Oh, the, no, the three I've hosted. Um, oh. I've gone into, like, probably about 10, 15. Um, I've probably won, like, seven-ish of those. Okay. Uh, mainly when I host, I want to do, like, 1v1. When I join a game, I'm doing, like, the four-player just because, like, it's chaotic and kind of yeah. fun. Um and it's just a lot of fun to try out, like, new characters. Uh, like, they added, like, King K. Rule from Donkey Kong and Ridley from Metroid. Uh, and, like, I don't know much about these characters. I know a little bit about King K. Rule because I did play Donkey Kong Country back in the day. Um, and so it's just a lot of fun to, like, play these characters and, like, get kind of good with them. Um, and so, yeah, like, and there's so much to do in the game because, like, I haven't even touched, like, classic mode, which is, like, how an old school, like, Mortal Kombat, you have, like, the tower where, like, you play, like, you fight different oh. people mm-hmm. and, like, there's a boss at the end. Um, and apparently, like, certain characters have, like, special bosses at the end. Like, as Link, you fight a certain Ganondorf. And, like, that's kind of cool. I haven't even touched that yet. Um, and they're having, like, events for the game where, like, different spirits get unlocked. I'm not really touching that yet. Uh, just because I don't That's what she care. said? Okay, alright. <laughs> but overall, I'm having a great time with Smash. Like, it's... It's awesome. I'm excited to eventually, hopefully, we can do a community night soon. After a couple more, pe- a couple more people will pick it up. Um, you might be doing that one on your own because that's fine. I don't know um, if I want to get that. Despite the and fun think, you're having. Yeah, I think the ultimate selling point of this game is when you're setting up your online. Uh, you can set up taunt messages, <laughs> and one of your taunt messages for when you're leaving is "Let's smash again." And let me tell you, I love spamming that one. It's a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, it is a lot of fun. Um, in previous Smash games, I've just kind of been like a button masher, and that's the worst kind of person you want to play against. It, it, I mean, I know you just said button masher, but it kind of sounded like you said butt masher. 
I mean, I am one of those two. Um, uh, and so this game, I'm more, be more like tactical and calculated about my moves, like really thinking about what I do next before I do it. Um, and it's going really well for me. I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, and yeah, like I, I put 20 hours so far into the game. I feel like I haven't even scratched the surface. Like, and I'm excited to keep playing it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And so yeah, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is my number ten. Nice. Sam, what you got? All right, for my number 10, I've got Yoku's Island Express. And I've t- I talked about this earlier this year when I played it. So you're kind of like a, a dung beetle, which is what we said. We, you had some debate about that, but I'm pretty sure he's a dung beetle. And he's pushing this ball, and he gets a job as the postmaster on this island. And he has to go around and do different tasks. Um, but basically, as he's going around and getting to different sections of the map, there are little, like, pinball areas. And so... Basically, it's a pinball game, and as you're doing, like, because pinball's fun. Like, I've always loved pinball, but, like, I feel like it gets kind of boring after a while. Like, if you were playing, like, an an actual pinball machine, like, you know, I mean, I guess you could try to, like, hit all the different areas and do different things, but it's just like, meh. But this game makes it really fun because when you're in a little pinball section, um fruit is your collectible it's also your currency so as you're going through you're collecting fruit and like sometimes you'll be in an area and you like you can hit a certain thing and it'll pop out more fruit for you um there's also things where i think there's some type of slug i know it sounds gross uh but you go and you like pick up a slug on your ball and then like you use it to smash like a rock that was blocking a path and so it's like you've got little objectives that you're doing while you're doing this pinball in an area and so it makes it really fun and i mean it's just like a a cartoony kind of friendly looking game and i had a blast while i was playing with it like i just i don't know i had a lot of fun but it's it's like kind of an open world map. And so you go around and like, you'll have to, there'll be like a locked area. And once you get a certain amount of fruit, you can unlock that area. And then you go into it and you go to the next little pinball challenge or whatever. Um, And so I got to a point where I didn't know where I was supposed to go next. And like, I didn't, I couldn't find the way that I was supposed to go. And then I got frustrated and I stopped playing, which is really sad because like I was having a ball with the game. And so I kind of feel like I should just go and like start from scratch again and like go through and play it again and like try to like figure out where it was that I was supposed to go. Um, Because it's just like a a fun, relaxing, good time to play some pinball. So I I highly recommend it. Um, It is I did not play more than 20 hours for that game, but (laughs) I, I highly recommend it, so it made a spot on my list. So, All right, Cody, what's your number nine? My number nine is Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Oh, well... Can we talk about it? No, surprisingly, no. We cannot talk okay. about it yet. It's what weird. is your number nine, then? Uh, my number nine is Starlink Battle for Atlas. <laughs> so... Um, I don't think this game made it on anybody else's list anywhere that you'd see, but I just had so much fun with this game. Um, The first time I saw a trailer for it, I was like, oh, like, flying a spaceship, doing different stuff. This looks fantastic. It looks like so much fun. And then I heard about, like, the Toys to Life part of it, and I was like, well, that's... No, thank you. No, I don't want to do that. (laughs) 
then I was like, oh, there's a digital edition, so you don't even have to have the toys. This is fantastic. But then I was like, oh, the digital edition's $75? No, I don't think so. And then one day it was on sale for Switch for like your normal $60 game. And I was like, yes, let's, let's do this. And this was, it was at the time when I tried playing Red Dead 2 and I really wasn't having fun. And I was like, oh my God, I just want something fun. And so I bought this game and it lived up to it. I had a blast with it. So, I mean, you're just, you're flying around, you've got some space battles, you've got some, you're on a planet, but you're also like flying. You're always in your ship. Um, the planets are gorgeous. These like alien creatures that you have to scan are super inventive. And just the, the, the plant life on, on the planets is, is really cool to look at as well. Like you can, I, I would spend times like, I would just like fly up to these, these tall like vine looking things that had bulbs on them and just kind of like check them out. Just like hover my ship up there and like, just look at the detail on this. It was really cool. Um, I've, I've said before, it's, it's, it's like a baby's first no man's sky because it's pretty much that type of game, but it, holds your hand all the way and like tells you what you should be doing there's like npcs that you interact with it's never like lonely feeling um you've got so many different weapons that you can switch out um for your for your plane you can equip one weapon on on either of your wings um and they present you with different types of enemies who require different things so like you're constantly like switching out and like using your different loadouts like sometimes you know you'll need your ice weapons against fire enemies and vice versa they have like these gravitational things that like you make people float in the air um it's just like easy silly fun uh i recommend it there, it is it does have a two-player uh local co-op that you can do um, so if you were ever interested in that, you could check it out if you have like family, family friends you want to, you want to play with. Um, and if you can, I mean, it's up to you what you want to do, but I mean, if you can get that digital edition so you don't have to mess with the toys, then I highly yeah. recommend it. I did, I got it on Switch, so I have the, um, Star Fox content as well. Um, and I played as, as him for a little while. He's, so I don't, I don't understand the Star animal people but because we've got a star fox and then i guess like the villain in that storyline is a star wolf and he seems pretty cool so i need i need to go back and play some more of that but uh but yeah it's just it was a good time it it, it made me happy in a time in my life when i needed some some fun and happiness so there you go starlink battle for atlas all right uh I feel like we can't talk about my number eight either, because my number eight is Battlefield Five. You're like spoiling what my list is gonna have on it here. Jeez. I'm sorry. Okay, well here, maybe right. maybe turnabout is fair play. Uh my number eight is Slay the Spire. We cannot talk about that. So. Hey, how about that? So we're just not gonna talk about games on this top ten list. Apparently. Uh my number seven is Pokemon Let's Go. That is perfectly safe. You just talk your heart okay. out on that one. <laughs> um So yeah, Pokemon Let's Go was the kind of like remake of Gen 1 for the Nintendo Switch with some Pokemon Go-esque mechanics. Um and like it was just that like kind of nostalgia trip for me this year. Um because going back to Gen 1 was a lot of fun. Um 
I enjoyed the Pokemon Go uh, mechanics for the most part. Um, ultimately, though, this game like just really hyped me up for next year's Pokemon game because, like, man, did I want to play a Pokemon game on my TV so bad? Like, it's been like something I've just wanted since back when the GameCube you could put in the Game Boy Advance cartridges in the bottom um, and play it. Uh, and like, I was like, oh, this is finally it. I can do it. And I put it in, and I was like, oh, you don't use the one Joy-Con. You gotta flick, the, flick your fucking wrist around. And I was like, <laughs> no. no. So I played this entire game in handheld. Um, but, like, just seeing Pokemon updated graphics and, like, getting to ride an Arcanine was really cool. And just experiencing the Gen 1 story again was just, like, it's just so nice. Because, like, it's, such, it's something I've done a million times. But every time I, like, find new ways to love it. Mm-hmm. Um and like the kind of like small tweaks they did, like how there's more of a focus on Team Rocket and like uh, how your rival is there for a lot of more stuff than usual. And it's just really cool. Um, and like some of the late game stuff you get to do, like uh, they introduce some characters that were only in the manga, um, which is really awesome. Uh, so like overall, it's like Pokemon Let's Go was just it was really nice to go back to like my childhood pretty much because it was like Pokemon Yellow was the first Pokemon game I ever got, and this was pretty much Pokemon Yellow. Um, but for the Switch, it was really cool. I was I was really happy with it. Um, so that was Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu and Eevee. Yeah. Um, I will say the the graphics on Pokemon Let's Go were fantastic. Those Pokemon right. were so adorable. Um, and then I see like the I don't know eight bit, sixteen bit. I know I should know this graphics from like the original ones, and I'm like, those are so ugly. How could you even tell what anything was? Like, how did some, this some become of those early so ones were rough. They're so rough. I was just like, man. Uh, but they're making their Pokemon look good these days, so it's got that going for it. Yeah. Alright. Number seven for you. Number seven for me? Okay. Uh, this is A Way Out. We cannot talk about that. Yeah, so figured. <laughs> <laughs> We're too similar. My number six is Florence. Good for you, buddy. <laughs> um, so Florence was this phone game, um, about a girl who got in a relationship and broke up, and like how it affected her life. Um, uh, funny story. I got into a breakup this year. Um. And it re- it really shook me to my core. Uh, so this game, when I initially played it, actually helped me a lot. Because when the breakup happened, I knew what to do with my life. Um, it's just this really beautiful game. Like, the art style is really great. And just, like, the raw emotion that it portrays from this girl as she, like, meets this guy. They get close. They get connected. And, like, how close they get. Like, he moves in. And then the breakup happens and like how you like things start like falling back and like how she's like, well, I need to pick my life back up and the things you do in the game. And like it conveys all this in 45 minutes mm-hmm. at the max. And it's just so beautiful. Um, and like. I can't describe it like n- I never thought a phone game would make me feel like this. Like I was like, what? What's happening? Um, and like it's only like it's probably like 99 cents on like the Android store or Apple store uh, so definitely like go pick it up like the art is stunning like it's just really nice looking uh, the music um, it's just really like 
really good. Like you just, you can have some headphones on, just kind of yeah. like bop along with it. Like it's really good. Um, and yeah, just that story overall, like I think it's something you need to experience. So I don't want to spoil it. Um, like it was just a really beautiful game and it ended up helping me a lot this year. Um, so yeah, it's, it's something I'll always remember. So that's why it is on my list, Sam, even though you're giving me like the, what? Why is that on your okay, list, Cody? Yeah, no, I made a what the fuck face when you said that. <laughs> I, I would like to retract that face. Um, you know, I mean, I recognize that Florence was a really cool game. What it was doing and the way it did stuff was really cool. And I mean, it, it warms my heart that it was such an emotional experience for you and that it, it helped you in life. And the fact that I, when any game can do that, it's always like so wonderful. So I think it's awesome that it did that for you, that it means so much to you. And that's great. And I'm, I'm sorry that I belittled it with my face. So. You're good. I was messing with you. It's no, not that no I, did, I felt bad for it after I did that. I was like, mm, oh. yeah. So that was Florence. Sam, what is your number six? My number six is Marvel Spider-Man. Um, now this one, like... I couldn't even fuck with you and be like, we can't talk about it, because yeah. I didn't play <laughs> um, I I had, like, weird feelings about Spider-Man um, as I was playing it, because I feel like I just wasn't in the mood for it when I first started it. Um, but seriously, nothing compares to the way it feels when you are swinging on your webs through the city. It was just like such an amazing thing. And I had a, a lot of fun, you know, at the beginning, just going through and like finding the backpacks and like listening to the little stories that go with each thing that you find. And then it's got puzzles that I thought were really fun. Um, there were two different types of puzzles that you could do in the lab. And like, those are my not my favorite things to do, but I really enjoyed them. So like every time I went in the lab, like as many puzzles that were open to me, like I do them. And I know I just said that I don't like puzzles, but like some of them I do if they're like easy enough for me to figure out. Um, so I had a lot of fun with that. The combat took me a really long time to master. And I think that's part of why I had like slow feelings for this one. Like I wasn't, hmm. but uh I did eventually get to a point where I was like, yeah, like, I know what's going on. I'm, like, spending more time in the air like you're supposed to with Spider-Man and getting around and doing this stuff. Um, I I do think that, like, there was too much fighting, like, just, like, kind of horde-based fighting. Like, you kind of repetitive doing the same things. Like, you have to do all, like, the crimes through the city, and then you have to clear the bases, which, like... This would be like an easy platinum to get. And it wasn't even about getting the platinum on this one. Like I really wanted to get the Spider-Man suit where it's just him in his underwear and his uh, mask. <laughs> like, cause I mean, that man has some abs that look fantastic. And I was like, yes, I would really like to do that. Uh, but I just, I wasn't willing to put in the work to go and clear all the bases after I finished the game. Cause I'm like, that's just too much fighting and I'm not having a great time with that part of it. Um, I will say the story was really good on this one. I I think the the decision to include Miles was fantastic. I do feel like like they used him kind of like a stand-in for Peter Parker in certain areas of their storytelling, but it just kind of gave them more leeway to tell multiple different kinds of stories in the one thing. Um so it's like it's kind of like I I never I don't think I ever loved Spider-Man as much as 
I wanted to or as much as other people do, but like I did have a lot of fun playing it. So, and it was just a fantastically crafted game and what they built was a wonderful product and like I feel it deserves a spot on my list. So, so there you go. That's my number 6, Spider-Man. All right. Number 5 for me is Slay the Spire. Yeah. A roguelike deck building game that came out on Steam earlier this year and it's supposed to be releasing on Switch next year, I believe. So I'm really excited for that. I'm going to buy it again. Yeah. So I remember watching a YouTube video on this and I was like, this looks like a lot of fun. And like, I have never like saw saw a game and like, I need to go buy that on Steam because I don't (laughs) buy games on Steam because I don't use my laptop for gaming too much. Um, But this game was just like so cool looking and I was like, I got to play this. Uh, so it's pretty much like when I first got into it, there was only two classes you could pick from, um, kind of like a warrior and like a rogue. And you pick that and like you get cards based on the character you pick. And then so you are going through like procedurally generated dungeons where you pick a room and you go up this like branching path until you get to a boss and then you gotta go to the next branching path. Uh, and like each time you win, you can pick from cards and you're building this deck around the character and like you can kind of like start building like theme decks for like this the warrior pretty much like you can build like all defense and then like if you build up your defenses you can have that one card that makes all your defenses deal damage it's so, like you get this like huge like giant shield bash pretty much um and then like the poisonous rogue character it's like my go-to where I, I just load up on poison cards just so i can like damage over time enemies um and like this was like the game that really like got me into roguelike games because like just that drive to beat the final boss was like i was like i gotta do it and i only did like three times like it wasn't like something i did very often but i was like fuck yeah like every time i did it, i felt proud um and i was like i loved it so much i was like sam i think you would really like this game and so please tell me what you thought of slay the spire yeah, well, you you were really trying to get me to play this game, and I was like, Cody, I have no interest in this card game. I don't, you know, but, like, I like to try new things, you know? I like to be open to an experience and give things a try, and it was it was only, like, 15 bucks or something. So I was like, all right, man, I mean, if he loves it this much, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a go. I'm going to try it out. Um, blew my socks off how much I loved this game like just from the get-go it was so much fun like I never would have imagined that I would like this kind of game but something about it just like it's it's very easy to come into and learn how to play um you've you've got your you know each each round you're dealt cards and you have so many points to spend each turn and like each card costs a certain amount of points and you're like well it it tells you what the enemy is going to do next so like you can tell if they're going to do some type of stat buff or debuff you can tell if they're going to attack you and you can tell if they're going to attack you how many points of damage they're going to do so like you've got a real clear idea of what's going to happen and so making your strategy for that round like okay well I need to put this many points of defense up before I even look at attacks or else I'm going to lose so many points, you know? Um, So it's just, I don't know, man. And like, this is the first thing, the first roguelike, uh, actually this is, okay, this is a roguelike, right? I've just recently learned the difference between a roguelike and a roguelite. So apparently the roguelike 
is you just play the round, and when it's over, it's over. You don't get anything from it. A roguelite, you play the round, you die, but you've gathered stuff that makes you more powerful for your next try. Good to know. That was exciting for me. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, so this was my first of either kind. Um, and, like, I... I I certainly never beat the game. Uh, I've made it to the second floor, I think, like, once or twice. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not great at it, uh, but it's just fun. And it's like, yeah. it's, I feel like to really enjoy those type of games, for me at least, like, beating the boss isn't necessarily the goal. The goal is just to play it and have fun and just, you know, see if you can get as far as you can get. Um but yeah, it's it's just a blast. And it's just like one of those experiences where you, you try something new that you thought you would never like and you just fall in love. So, yeah, it's a great game. Yeah, and like the art style is really cool. Like everything's like hand drawn pretty much. And like they just introduced, then that just introduced, like earlier this year, they introduced a uh, third class you can play as like a mage kind of character. And I haven't played that at all pretty much. Oh, I I think that's the one that I really like because that's the one that has the little orbs that you can fill. Right? Yeah. Oh my, yeah. I love that one. That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, one. so I definitely want to get back to it, especially on the Switch, because like yeah. it's just gonna be the perfect game for that. Um, but yeah, Slay the Spire. Like, I put so much time into that game. Like, I remember talking to you on PSN chat, and you're like, "Oh, what are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm playing the Slay the Spire." He's like, "Since you're playing Destiny, Cody," and I'm like. <laughs> Oh yeah, like I'm like no, wait, wait, no, I I believe, I think what what is ha what happened multiple times perhaps was we were playing a game together on PlayStation, oh. <laughs> possibly like a Fortnite, and then you were also playing Slay the Spire oh, at the same yes. time, and I was like, what are you doing, Cody? We need to focus right here, and you're like playing two games at once. I was like, no, sir. It's a lot of fun. I mean, hey, so yeah, Slay the Spire is my number five. It was a uh... A really good game. Yeah, well, and I'm really excited for Switch. I was so wanting this to be like a mobile accessible game because I don't like okay. playing on my laptop that I tried to do the whole Steam Link oh, thing Steam with Link, your yes. phone. But like for some reason, it was just like such a bad connection that it couldn't handle it at all. But, um, but yeah, I'll definitely get it when it comes to Switch. So it's a good one. All right. What's up next for you? Okay, well... Here's the thing, Cody. Um, I ran into a real tough situation with a couple of games because I, first off, first off, there are two games that when I first started thinking about putting them on my top 10 list, I was like, man, am I really going to do this? Like, I just, I don't know about this. Like, I feel a little bit ashamed that these games are going on my list. But the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? I have so much fun with these games, and that's what this list is about. It's about what what games meant something to me this year, and there's no reason to be ashamed of it. These are just the ones that I love. And so then once the, I was like, okay, these two games are going to be on the list. I'm like, what order do they go in? And I'm like, this is so hard to decide because like, I feel like they're my two children and like you're being asked to pick one child over the other. And I'm like, how can you do that? Because they're similar, but they're different. And I just, I love them both. And it's like, how can you say that one is better than the other? Like, I don't even know. So really what I would really like to say 
is that I don't have a number five on my list, but I have two number fours on my list um, because that's how I feel about these. But if we have to set numbers to them, uh, I kind of decided to go with just the numbers that they gave me. Uh, and so in that case, my number five would be Battlefield 5. And my number four would be Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Now, this was just, this was a shocker for me, let me tell you. I, if you had asked me three months ago, if, if either of these games, that I would have been like, no, these games would never be on my list. A, I have no interest in Call of Duty. I'm not getting that game. I wouldn't even play it. Why would it be on my list? Two, I'm only getting Battlefield 5 because there's a woman on the cover and I want to be supportive, but I didn't like Battlefield 1 and I know I'm probably not going to like this game, so there's no way that one's going to be on my list. Um, but then I got Battlefield 5, Cody, and I played it. And I have no idea what happened, but that game is so much fun. I love it so much. I just, I go into it. They have the different classes. Like, you were, we were playing the other day and you were kind of bitching about how you bleed out when you're about to die. And you're like, I just want to die already so I can respawn. And I'm like, no, bleeding out is like the most important thing. Because when I play as the medic, I get to revive so many people who are bleeding out. And like, that gets me so many points. And like, I feel like I'm a productive member of the team. Um, and then like, to be honest, I really only play domination mode in Battlefield 5. That's my favorite mode, that's the only thing that I like to do. The others, I've, I've played them, and sometimes I've had fun with them, but generally I don't. Um, they've, they've recently, in the past few weeks, released this Tides of War update, where each week you have specific tasks that you can do to get uh, different types of XP, and like each week if you do the tasks, you get like a certain uh, cosmetic unlock at the end of it. And the first week, oh my god, Cody is so bored right now. Oh, sorry, Man. no, it's let's been a remember, long day, I'm sorry. Let's remember Battlefield Five is also on his list, so he's going to get his say in a minute. Um, but yeah, so like the first week of Tides of War, it was having you do different things, where like you would need to play a different class and do different things, and I like that it gives you these assignments that encourages you to play things different ways. Because like, you know, I, I like my medic, I play it a lot. Uh, but if there's a task where it's like, oh, you need to do this as recon, then I, I go play recon and you know what? I have fun. Like I've never been a good sniper or like really enjoyed sniping very much, but like in Battlefield 5, I can have fun playing the recon class. So it's just like, it's so, so weird and just doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Um, but I just, it's addictive. Like, I'll, I'll be at work and I'll be like, man, I just, I just want to go home and play some Battlefield <laughs> 5. Um, so it's, it's just, it's wormed its way into my life. And, like, I've played probably close to 30 hours of it so far. And I'm like, how did this even happen? Like, I don't, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, do you want to, what, do you want to go ahead and do your Battlefield 5 talk, Cody? Yeah, um... Once again, a game, I was like, man, I'm not getting this. And then, like, I was like, oh, a bunch of people are going to get it. So I guess I'll get it. Um, 
I've always had like some issues with Battlefield games, but I think this one isn't as bad because there are like I think where Battlefield struggles for me is like these long range open sight lines, and now everyone feels like they have a sniper rifle that can just hit mm-hmm. me no matter what. This game doesn't have as much as that, I feel like the there is zones where you're definitely like, oh god, I'm I'm in sniper zone. Well, like, I feel like it depends on the game mode. Like Conquest and too, Grand yeah. Operations, I feel like that happens a lot more. And somehow domination yeah. maps are just more contained and it's less likely. But like I ultimately this game's gonna come down to like the memories I make in it. And so talking about this Tides of War thing the other day, we were trying to get you enough points to spawn in a missile strike or something like that and like we were like okay the best way to do this is we gotta go start taking objectives but also we want to win the game too so me you and like whoever else was with us were on a mission to go capture zones and we went around and we were killing people I had, I think I was in like first, and you were like in fifth that game. Yeah. We were just going around like capturing zones, and you eventually got the missile strike. Let's not talk about what happened with it. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just talk about it in a minute. Uh, but like, I remember just running, and I was like, man, like I'm having a blast. Like this is so much fucking fun. Like I, like, and those are like, like kind of what you live for in video games. These moments where you're just like. You forget you're playing a game and like you're just having fun and like it's just no matter like even if we died we were like ah oh, crap oh well, just gotta respawn and like hope for the best and like <laughs> that was, it was just that so was much... when you're bitching about the bleeding out let me remind you yeah I mean just, you know like the it's the bleeding out just takes so fucking long I just want to die so I can revive you come on no okay but when there's no medics around me just let me insta die <laughs> just let me ins- I like no medic is gonna magically appear from the dirt be like oh let me help you. Like, no one's doing that. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, anyways, complain about your missile strike. Um, Dude, okay, so this is this is actually the point where I stopped enjoying Tides of War, and I, I'm really not doing it anymore. Um, because, like, this was the last task before I got my unlock for that week, and you just had to be in a squad that gets the missile strike, and you have to kill two enemies with it. And so, like, I tried it. By myself one night just getting in squads trying to do it people either wouldn't get the score high enough to call in the missile or they'd get the score high enough and then not call in the missile and i'm just like oh what are you doing like i was really close to getting on the microphone and being like hey can you call in a missile please but then like i was like i don't want to talk to strangers so i didn't um but so the next night i was like cody can you please come do this with me and so we did and we had a rough time because like <laughs> It was trying to, like, put us in a squad with just the two of us, which it's hard to get your points up enough to buy the missile when it's just the two of you. And so we ended up joining other squads, and then someone else is the leader, and then, like, it promotes you to the leader but doesn't tell you. So I eventually got to be leader, and so we got enough points to get this missile. And it's like, all right, but, like, I gotta get two kills out of this missile strike, and you can't really get close enough to see people to aim your missile because they'll kill you. So we were kind of back. We're like, yeah, there's there's enemies at point B. I guess we're just, you were like, just send the missile. So I was like, all right, I'm sending the missile. And so I did. And like the screen like pops up showing all the damage that various players are getting, but none of them got killed from it. And I was like, damn it. 
and we'd worked so hard on it and i was just like man oh, yeah. like why are you going to make this challenge so hard and so contingent on having well i guess because they want you to have a squad that you're like working together with uh but still that missile strikes real hard um so i didn't get the unlock for that week and then the next week like i thought that the tides of war was glitched because whatever the objective was, like, I was doing it in the game, but it wasn't counting it. And then I realized that, like, the Tides of War assignments, you have to be in a certain type of game mode to do them. So, like, even though you're doing, like, maybe I have to resupply allies. Like, if I'm doing it in Domination, it doesn't count. It's like, oh, no, you need to be in Conquest. So then I was like, all the Tides of War stuff were like, you had to be in Conquest for a week. And so I was, like, forcing myself to play it. And I wasn't having a good time, but like I was like, just, I wanted to do my assignments. And so then eventually I was just like, you know what? This isn't worth it. I mean, honestly, I don't care about the cosmetics at all in Battlefield 5 because all the outfits pretty much look the same. I mean, World War II wasn't like... Yeah. They weren't doing anything super creative or flashy with those outfits. It's like, oh, here's like a dull gray outfit. Oh, but here's a dull blue one, okay? Um, <laughs> so I'm not into that. The only thing that I am really into is on my, my Sten gun, which is my medic gun, right? I've done enough mastery assignments for it that I have a gold-plated um, muzzle and a gold-plated sight. And, like, I oh, want to keep doing the masteries because I really want to have, like, a solid gold-plated Sten, which there's, like, probably at least five or six other parts. So that's, like, five or six yeah. other mastery assignments that are going to be really hard. Um, but, like, I'm having fun with it. Like, if I just yeah. stop worrying about, like, okay, if there's an assignment that I don't want to do, just don't do it. That's... Not why I'm here. I'm just here to have fun playing it. So that's that's kind of the mindset that I've changed, and I've been having a better time with it since then. So, so yeah, uh, I will say that like it does have its glitches, and it's not like a smooth operating game necessarily. Uh, but I'm having fun with it, so I let that go. But yeah. Okay. Um. So now we'll talk about Call of Duty Black Ops Four, my number four game. Um. Because I was having such a good time in Battlefield 5, and just because it surprised me, because I was like, I never would have thought I would like it, like, maybe I should try Black Ops 4. Because who knows, you know? Like, this surprised me, maybe, you know, whatever. It was on sale for um, Black Friday, so I got it, and I was just like, who knew? This game is so much fun! Um, I, I've played Call of Duty multiplayer before, and... I just never got into it. Like, I was always just slaughtered immediately. I could never find my way, never get anything done. So I was like, ugh. And then uh, Black Ops 3 was a free game on PS Plus not too long ago. And so I got it and I played it. And I was like, you know, it's okay, the multiplayer. But, like, you know, I mean, if I'm being honest, I'd rather just play Titanfall 2. So, you know. Uh, and I tried the zombies mode on Black Ops 3. And I was like, I don't really care for it. But, um, but yeah, man. Something... Something about Black Ops 4 just feels so good. Um, I like the way they have the specialists. They've got different abilities, and there are a few that I can use comfortably. Uh, Prophet is my favorite because he's got a just like a uh, car, like a little miniature, like 
little shock drone shock drone but it's like it's on rollers and so it'll go out and find an enemy and if it finds them it shocks them and so while they're getting shocked you can shoot them um so that's probably that's my favorite that's the one i use the most um and it's just super fast paced like sometimes with battlefield you know it takes you a while to like go find enemies and get back in the action but the black ops 4 maps are so I'm sorry, let me let me just clarify. I'm talking about multiplayer in Black Ops 4. That's the only part that I've really enjoyed. I didn't care for the zombies, didn't care for Blackout. Uh, but I love this multiplayer, okay? Um, but yeah, so you get back into the action real fast. Um, I can I can get like I don't know, like I can average like nine or ten kills per game, which for me, I'm like, yeah, that's awesome, you know? Um I've they've got quite a few game modes in multiplayer that I like to play. Uh, so it's not just like the one domination from Battlefield 5. Like there's a lot of different things I can play. Um, and honestly, like, I don't, the only reason, like I've played more of Battlefield 5, but I think it's just because like, well, I had that one earlier and then like they're both on disc and I'm super lazy and I don't like to get up and change what disc is in the PS4. And so like whatever's there uh, is just the one I play. Um, but yeah, like I said, like I'd made the mistake. I played some Titanfall 2 and then I wasn't enjoying Black Ops 4 as much. But after I took a little distance away from it and came back to Black Ops 4, I was like, nope, I, I love this game. I love it. Um they've got so many different types of guns and i mean granted i don't i don't use a lot of them like i find the ones that work for me and i you know yeah. stick with those um but then sometimes like I'll, I'll just be like oh let me try this new one oh yeah i like that one so let me play with that one for a while and like you can get different upgrades for it i i like that when you kill somebody you can take their gun and if it has a cool skin on it then like you've got the gun with the cool skin for a little while until you die um I found that my favorite gun is the swordfish because I've picked it up when people have died. I can't unlock it until I hit level 55. So I'm still working on that. Uh, but uh, I don't know. It's just fun. I have a great time with it. Um, yeah. Sure. Yeah, like, um, who knew after last year's debacle of me trying Call of Duty World War II and be like, I'm never going to love a Call of Duty again. I would actually love a Call of Duty this year. Um, I like kind of return to like boots on the ground. Um, I'm getting a phone call. Oh, dear. Okay. Uh, give me one sec. <laughs> okay. I had a phone call that time. We're just having all the technical issues. Um, so yeah, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 4, like, I enjoyed the kind of return to boots on the ground, but still kind of futuristic in a way. Um, I feel like the guns feel a little sharper uh, than in World War II, what I played of it. Um, in multiplayer, I definitely enjoy the specialist. Like, it kind of reminds me of Overwatch in a way, because, like, mm -hmm. you're building up a, like, ultimate almost, and, like, when you yeah. get that ultimate, you actually feel powerful. Um, and, like... I feel like I could still hang like, you know, there's, there's these young kids out there running around like with SMGs, like destroying people. And I felt like I was doing all right. Uh, so I was, I was pretty happy about that. I got to kill Cam once. Nice. Uh, so I was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I think my favorite was the Nomad just because like the tripwire and then also the dog is just really cool. Yeah. Um, 
Wait, those aren't the same. I, oh no, no, I was thinking something else. Never mind. I was thinking of the okay. razor wire. Gotcha, gotcha. I don't know. Um, Blackout was a lot of fun. Uh, I think they really took the battle royale and like added that AAA polish to it, and like it being in first person was really cool. Um, it's just kind of nice because like most battle royales are in third person, mm-hmm. um, and so it being in first person was really nice. Uh, the one win I got uh, was like really awesome. Like got my adrenaline pumping. Uh, for extra life this year, I had that like really close game yeah. where it came down to just me and one other person. That person snuck around me, and let's not talk about it because I got really <laughs> angry. Uh, but yeah, like and even zombies was fun to play for a little bit. Uh, but overall, like it was a, it was a really fun game, and I was really just you know pleasantly shocked that I enjoyed a Call of Duty game. Um, so yeah, that's uh, Black Ops Four for me. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, my number four is a way out. All right. Um, so I remember when they first announced this game, like me and you were like, oh, we're obviously going to play this together. Well, like, I, I called dibs. I was like, I'm not letting this get away. I'm like, I, Cody, we're playing this one together, right? Like, I want to get that yeah. locked down and make sure I had my partner. Um, and so I think, like, Part of the reason I really enjoy A Way Out is because it it's really, like, almost revolutionary where, like, <laughs> it didn't require both people to own the game to do co-op. Like, I just had to have a demo and you bought the game. Um, and, like, that's just something new. Like, that's not something I think, not even, like, especially at the time when it came out, when EA was definitely in, like, yeah. the hot seat. Like, it was really cool. Um, and then, like, playing it i was like man i'm really liking this game a lot like we had a video series on it and like the story of these two people and like where it goes was just really good and like the twists and turns it takes and then that really big turn that leads you into the end the finale like it's something you really gotta experience but like this the small things like the kind of mini games you gotta play like there's a scene where you're both in jail and like you're both in your jail cells that are next to each other and you're trying to unscrew unscrew your toilet so you can get uh carve a hole out from behind it to get out behind and so what one person has to do is keep watching while the other person's like unscrewing or cutting into the wall and like this kind of like game that happens where like you're like oh oh i think you're good oh no 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 wait that person's coming you better stop 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 and like it just is so much fun um, and like this kind of the mini games that like you do like throughout of it and like just this kind of relationship you build with these characters is really cool and like I'd really like to like our characters fit each other pretty much perfectly <laughs> um, and yeah like just it was a really beautiful game and like I loved every second of it and like I think a good part of that is because me and you played it together and yeah. like we shared in that experience together but like it's really awesome so yeah what about what did you think of it sam yeah well i i really enjoyed the experience of us just playing it together um but i was just like blown away by how they put it together um because pretty much the whole time it's it's split screen you see your stuff and then you see the other players stuff going on as well and so like sometimes they're gonna be like 
two different things going on. Like we could both be having conversations with different people. And so they're like, oh, wait, do I listen to his? Do I listen to mine? What's happening? You know, so you just kind of have to time stuff like that. Uh, but then the really cool parts are when like the screen will come together and they have um, quick time events for like a lot of the fight sequences and I don't generally like quick time events, but the way that they did these were so cool and the way that they did like the camera panning around and they just had a really cinematic feel because like we were we were in the prison yard having a fight because somebody, some hothead Leo started a fight with people. Hey. Um, I think he did. Uh, I had to come to your rescue. And so, you know, it starts out where, like, he's doing this stuff and he's fighting and then, like, the camera kind of swirls and, like, you see my character Vincent coming in and, like, he's doing his stuff. And so that's cool. And then there's, like, stuff later where there's, like, a big chase sequence and, like, we're both having to do, like, our, our special tasks and, like, hit our marks in order for the next person to continue on. And just the way that it flowed together so well was really cool. Um... Leo and Vincent were really good characters and I, I liked the yeah. story and the way they developed their relationship. And again, like you said, like the ending is really cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun. We just, we just had a blast yeah. with it. And you know, it's, if you've got a buddy to play with, definitely check it out because it's a yeah. good time and it tells uh, a really good like, story. I hope, I hope they do more kind of games like this. Cause yeah. like it definitely, like I, I loved it. So, yeah, I'm definitely yeah. in for another. But, yeah. Yeah. So, what's your uh, your number three? We're in the top three. My God, the top three. Um, so, my number three is Strange Brigade. This, we we saw this game. We saw, like, a, a, a trailer for it. Or, actually, like, it was, like, long. It was, like, gameplay we were watching. Like, man, this game looks yeah. really cool. It's a shooter, like, in Egypt. It's got like a, a snarky narrator um, and it just seems like it would be a good time. Um, but then like when it was released, it was a $50 game. And like, I was like, man, I kind of didn't expect it to be that much. Like, I don't know if I want to yeah. like, you know, do this. Cause like, what if it's one of those games where the shooting doesn't feel good and it's just like, it's hordes of enemies. And it's like, you know, if I want hordes, I've got killing floor two. I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, but I went ahead and bought it. I was like, let's just let's just give it a go. And I had a blast from it from the start. So it's four-person co-op, but uh, I started off just playing by myself. Um, and like I suspected, the shooting does not feel good in this game. Like it's not it's not easy to shoot, it's hard to aim, you've gotta be real careful. I miss my shots a lot. Uh but I don't even care because it's so much fun. So the setting is uh, we're in Egypt. I guess it's probably like maybe like the 40s and we're going on like an archaeological expedition sort of, but also just trying to stop the previous archaeologist who released Sateki, this evil uh, goddess, I guess. Um so we're going through doing that, and like I said, so the narrator is this British guy who's, like, really snarky and has a great sense of humor, and I love him so much. It adds, like, such personality to this game. Um, so there's things like, 
you have your collectibles are these little cat statues. And so, like, every time you go and shoot the cat statue, he'll, like, say something snarky about cats. Because, like, he really doesn't like cats. And, like, my favorite one is you shoot it and then he's like, well, you see, a dog would have avoided that. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, like, <laughs> there was one time I went in this cave and I found a cannon and I shot it to, like, destroy this wall. So it was, like, this huge, loud boom, like, lots of noise, you know. And then the dust settles and the narrator goes, the strange brigade, masters of stealth. <laughs> I, was just like, <laughs> I was like, this guy is so funny. Um, so that just, it sets the tone for really cool stuff. Um, this game is... Like, you shoot stuff, but then you also have to do puzzles. And I was enjoying it because, like, it's it's my kind of puzzles. They're, they're not too hard. Um, there are different things where, like, you have to, like, do a combination. And so you have to go, like, out in the world and find the hieroglyphics telling you what the combination is. Um, there are puzzles where it's, like, kind of like the pipe things. And you have to turn the pipes to get the water flowing from one point to the other. Um, there's some floor puzzles where, like, you have to, like, navigate through to do different things. All of them were, like, pretty easy to figure out once you got to them. I have found that, like, there's a lot of puzzles and stuff that, like, I just never found in my playthrough because, like, I didn't go explore that area very well or, like, I screwed up my hieroglyphics and couldn't get into a door or something. Um, but I had fun with that. And the thing about this game is, like, when I first started, like, every time I would trigger a horde and there would be so many enemies coming at me, I would freak out and be like, there's too many enemies. Like, there's no way I'm ever going to get through this. This is going to be horrible. But then, like, I would get through it. And you've got a dodge ability, which was super fantastic. I can I can dodge for days, let me tell you. Um, and... So you just kind of whittle stuff down, like you shoot an enemy, you dodge, you run away a little bit, you shoot another one, and you just kind of keep at it until, until you've got them all down. Um, there are health potions. Once, you're, once your health gets down into the red zone, that's like your real danger zone. Um, there's a trophy for being in that red danger zone for at least 20 minutes. I got that trophy pretty early in the game because... <laughs> One of my problems, besides not being good at shooting, is, like, I had trouble seeing where the health potions were on the ground. Like, they're red, but they just didn't stand out a super obvious amount. And so, like, I swear I would just be, like, walking past health potions and, like, not even see them there. So I spent a lot of time at low health, but it was good for me because, like, taught me how to stay alive really well with low health. Um, and then... After playing, like, five or six missions, I think I've said this before, um, I found out there was a difficulty setting, and I realized I'd been playing on normal this whole time. Like, I didn't know that I could make it easier, but, like, at that point, like, I already played so much on normal, I was like, man, I can do this. So, like, I kept going with it on normal, and uh, I ended up beating the game, which was tough. This This game is really built for four-player co-op, and there's a lot of stuff in there that would be so much easier if you had multiple people playing with you. Um, but, like, I was really proud of myself for, for getting through it. Some of the boss fights are really hard because you have 
like a really small hit area where it's like the only place you can do damage is if you hit him in this one spot and like i said you know me and the aiming not great in this game so like it might take me like 20 minutes just to get like three hits on a boss because like eh. but uh but i made it through all of it and it's it's a fun game the the boss fights were frustrating for me but i think they were pretty cool and i think if you had like sufficient co-op help with it they would go a lot better um but the ending was was pretty cool when you eventually have your showdown with sateki and how that all eventually plays out was really cool um i did like because i was like i don't know if i want this to be my number two game or my number three like i it's, it's pretty close race and i was like let me see if i can get some co-op to play this and see if the co-op is enough to like push it over for me. So uh, I got Andy and Alejandro to play it with me over on Xbox because it's on Game Pass now. And we had a lot of fun with it. Um, that's where I learned that like I was missing lots of stuff because I hadn't explored sufficiently because I'm with them and they're we're, like finding areas. I'm like, oh, I've never seen this before. This is great. <laughs> Um, and Andy's really good at finding the cat statues. He, he found us all the cat statues in the first two, um, first two worlds. Um, so I had fun with it and I definitely recommend playing it with co-op, but, uh, it wasn't quite enough to edge out into the number two position. So, but, uh, I love it. I, I was trying to, I wanted to go back and get some more trophies for it, um, on my PlayStation. So I was trying to do that the other night. And um, I found a new weapon that I'd never seen before. It's called a scarab launcher, which basically is like a grenade launcher. And so that was really cool. It's really helpful against these scorpions. Um, but then, you know me and like any type of launcher weapon, I have a tendency to blow myself up. Uh, so I did that, unfortunately. And I, I ruined, I was real close to getting like two trophies. I was like, nope, I've screwed it up now, so I'm just gonna have to start over. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a great game. I love it. It's got great humor. Um, you won't even care that the shooting's not great. So, yeah. All right. All right. Cody, what's your number three? My number three. I'm gonna tell you. These these top threes, they got a little rough there for a little bit. I was like, I don't I don't know. Like I'm not sure what I want. Um, but ultimately, I came down to my number three being Monster Hunter World, um, a game that I put 300 hours into, um, and just, good lord. Like, I remember when they had the demos for it last December, and I was like, okay, like let me try this out, because like, I heard good things about Monster Hunter games before, I just never got into them. Um and man, I, I probably put like 20 hours into the demos alone. Like, I was just like, screw it. Like, this is a lot of fun. Um, and like, it, it, and I never realized, like, I just wanted this game where I was fighting giant monsters, like, all the time. Um, and so, like, I remember playing through the game and, like, beating. I thought I beat, I, like, I thought I beat the game. I was like, oh, cool, I'm done. <laughs> and, like, I rolled credits. No, there's just like a soft credit thing they did. Um, then like 20 hours later, I beat the real game. Oh wow! Um, and like 
this game came at a time when I needed it the most because like Destiny was not fulfilling that like repetitive itch for me. Where like I was like I want something that I can keep going back to. I and, think like, you should see a doctor for that. Okay, the second I said that, I was like, she's gonna make a joke. Um, just like a game that like I can keep going back to, and like there's always something new to do. Uh, and like Monster Hunter World came out, and like that's that's what it was for me. Like I was constantly having stuff to do. Um, there's so many monsters to fight in the game, and there's always like you can pick up a weapon and like kind of just learn it and like master it. And like, I felt like I got there with a good number of weapons. Um, and then like, they have these events that were happening. Like there was a crossover with horizon zero dawn. They had a crossover with double May cry and just like street fighter, like all this stuff. And like they had their holiday events and like ultimately the game was just so much fun because like, no matter what I was having a blast because like, I'm just fighting giant monsters. Like, it's always been my dream. Like, it's just fight giant monsters. Um, <laughs> like, as someone who, like, w- grew up and, like, watched Godzilla movies and was like, this is so cool. Um, <laughs> and, like, it was just... The other, like, really fun aspect was there's always a challenge. Like, how I talked about last week, how fighting the arch-temper Nergigante by myself and, like, dying in 20-plus hours fighting that monster and when i finally fucking killed him i felt so accomplished and i was like man this is what being a dark souls boss must feel like because i've never done that um and like just going on like random hunts with random people and like my friend luke and i played that game together and like there was just always something to do and it was so fun and like it made me a fan of monster hunter and like i'm so excited i almost picked up the monster hunter game for switch Mm -hmm. until someone said it wasn't that good um (laughs) But, like, I'm really probably going to dive back into it more when the expansion comes out next year, uh, Iceborne. Like, it's it's a beautiful game as well. Like, the visuals are so nice. Uh, and, like, the kind of, like, different environments and, like, biomes they send you mm-hmm. to are really beautiful. Uh, like, towards the end of the game, you get to go to this place called the Elder Recess where all the Elder Dragons hang out. And, like, it goes from being, like, this, like, crystallized mountain to, like, lava overflowing and like it's just this like really cool transition um and just yeah like that that game is so pretty uh the monster designs are top notch like so many cool armor pieces you can make from the monsters uh i mean i think me playing it 300 hours says a lot um like that that's a that's quite a bit of time um but yeah i loved monster hunter world so much this year uh definitely like made me a monster hunter fan for life and i'm really glad i got to play it so yeah that's my number three is monster hunter world nice yeah what is your number two all right cody i am so excited to talk to you about my number two um it's tetris effect and i have recently become so obsessed with Tetris Effect, like you wouldn't even believe, and I've been holding it in because at first I didn't want to tell you because I was going to get you Tetris Effect for Christmas and I was afraid if I told you too much about it in my excitement, you'd get excited and you'd go buy it for yourself. So it's like, okay, I gotta wait. And by then it was so close, I'm like, I should just wait until our Game of the Year podcast to like tell you what kind of maniac I have become about Tetris Effect. Um, Because you know how I kind of get obsessed about a game, maybe like Mm -hmm. a Resogun. 
I am. Mm-hmm. So I'm there, Cody. I'm so there about this game. Now, you know I love the music in Tetris Effect. I've talked about how cool it is, how, you know, moving your pieces, the integration with all of that adds to it. Like, as you're playing, you're becoming part of the song, and it's so cool. Um, so I've just, like, had these songs in my head, like, constantly. And I'd be at work, and I'm like, I don't know, I just need to listen to it, you know? So I would pull up a YouTube and find a playthrough of it and just, like, listen to it. But it's kind of like, it's hard to do that because a lot of the YouTube videos, if it's like a full playthrough, it has commercials in the middle of it. And you don't want the beauty of the Tetris Effect soundtrack getting interrupted by commercials. Um, So then I did find one that was a playthrough without commercials, but whoever was playing did a pretty good job, but sometimes they would have to repeat a level a few times. And that kind of interrupts your flow also. Although I have to say, they messed up on some of the levels that I really like. So I did get to hear the same song that I liked a lot over and over. But I was like, okay, this is this is okay, but this isn't a solution. So I decided what I needed to do was, I'm just going to make my own playthrough. I'm going to record it. I'm going to put it as an MP3 on my phone. And then I'm just going to have it. And then I can listen to it whenever I want. Okay. So I was like, this is, this is fine. This is great. I went through one evening and I, I played, it, played it all the way through. I got it. I was like, this is great. I'm so excited. I went to go, and now I know. I went to go edit it and I realized that because I'd been playing with my headphones on to get the best experience, it was also picking up my microphone at the same time, which I wasn't thinking about. So you can hear my controller clicking. You can hear me sighing. Occasionally, I'm sure at some point you hear me talking to Aloy. So I was like, well, this is a disaster. I cannot use any of this footage, unfortunately. And I was pissed because I was like, I was excited. I was going to have my song to listen to at work the very next day. Now I'm like, well, this is not going to happen. But I wasn't too upset because it meant that I had to play through all the way again, which I, I love and I'm happy about that. Yes, Cody. Did you ever stop and think about buying the soundtrack? I don't think they have the soundtrack available. Like, they had the soundtrack sampler. Okay. I don't believe there was an actual full soundtrack. Or I would have bought it. I'm pretty sure I looked for it, and they did not have it. Um, So, and let me also state for the record, once you play through the campaign, there is an option to just let the songs play on their own. And I could have just let it play and recorded that. But the thing is, like, you want those little, those little notes that happen as you're turning pieces, as you're dropping pieces. Like, the thing that personalizes it and makes you be like, yeah, I remember when I was playing this game and I was doing stuff and I was making this part of the song. Um, so yeah, so I played it through my second time without the headphones this time. Got it. Good to go. No problem. I'm like, all right, this is fine. This is fine. Um... I'm so happy since I've done that, Cody. Um, I usually listen to it twice a day, uh, once in the morning and once in the afternoon. Uh, my my soundtrack is about an hour and 23 minutes, and it's just, it's so relaxing for me. Like when I'm getting really stressed at work or if I'm angry about something, I'll go ahead and I'll listen to it, and it helps calm me down, and I'm like, this is, this is incredible. So um, I've been doing that. I just have to share this real quick. Last night I was playing some uh, 
just some random levels, right? And I was playing the Stratosphere level, which is the next to last level, okay? And it starts, and I'm like, what the hell is this song? Like, I swear to God, I've never heard this song before. And so I'm like, I picked popped out my my soundtrack to listen to it. I'm like, that's not the same song. And so I Googled it. Cody, Tetris Effect for their Stratosphere level. It has three different songs that it can be. And it depends on the time of the day, which song you get when you play the level. Isn't that crazy? It's amazing. That's pretty cool. It's so cool. Um, So apparently the 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. song... It's not my favorite. I feel like it's probably a really good song. It's this really like gentle acoustic guitar string sounding thing, which is really pretty, but it's not what I'm used to. And so I was like, ugh, it's, it's all right. Um, I play the 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. song is the song with vocals and it's really upbeat and I love that song. I'm like, yeah, this is the song I like. But then I was like, wait a minute, let me check my soundtrack and... My soundtrack has the, the third song, which is neither of those songs. And it's just like an instrumental, but it's upbeat and kind of okay. But I'm like, man, now that I know that I'm missing the song with the vocals, I feel like I'm going to need to redo my soundtrack because like I need that song in it. Although I might put like all three songs in a row just so I have all of them. Um, but yeah, so basically I'm obsessed with that. Um, Cody. So you remember when I first started playing Tetris Effect and I got so angry because it sped up the speed level for me. And I was like, no, I wanted this slow, relaxing thing. Um, Well, I found out about zone mode, which kind of freezes stuff, lets you work through it. It's fine. And I, I powered through and I got past it. And I was like, you know what? I'm okay with this now. I'm fine with this. And I beat the game on normal, I mean, on, on beginner and... Um, let me just say here, like the ending credits for this song, I mean, for this game are so great. They're very short for credits and they have music that plays through it. And the very end is kind of a return to the first song that you hear and you kind of hear it in a different, like quieter with piano kind of way. And it's just so moving and like still every time that I play that last level and the credits roll. And also when I listen to my soundtrack, like I get choked up because it's like such these lyrics talk about your journey and like how you're becoming the person that you always were, but never dreamed and just like powering through this. And it's just so moving. So it gets me every time I hear it. Um, But yeah, like, like I just wanted like a calm, fun time with my Tetris and I was like yeah this is great but for some reason I was like you know what let me just let me just try it on normal and see what this is like so I started playing on normal and I was like you know this is okay things are speeding up quite a bit in areas but like I'm powering through I'm getting through it so for for a while there like I had been up to the very last level on normal and like that was like the one thing that I hadn't beat and I was like you know I feel like I would love to to beat this, but like, if I never do, I think it's fine. You know, I'm like, I'm happy with the journey that I've gone through on Tetris and this is, this is okay. And then like, I got the idea that I wanted to do like a little video project about Tetris effect because I love it so much. And thinking about what I wanted to do, I was like, man, 
I think I would really like to have footage of someone playing on expert, you know, just like maybe compare it with footage of someone playing on beginner. Um, but I'm like, well, I don't know, like, I, Paul from the optional podcast, he's an expert at Tetris. Like maybe I could ask him to give me some footage, but then also like he's a video editor and I'm like, if my video like isn't up to par for like what I want it to accomplish, like I don't want him to like see that and be like, oh, you did a shitty video with my footage. So I was like, well, let me just, let me just try some expert and just see what it's like, Cody. So I started playing on expert. Okay. Never would have thought it would happen. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the first level was all right. Uh, I got through it. I was like, oh, okay. That was, that was crazy. I got through the first level on expert, man. Uh, so then like the second level, I was like, okay, this is really tough. It's like really speeding up now. Um, took me quite a few tries to get through that, but I got through it and I was like, man, who would have thought I could get through levels on expert? Uh, and then like Cody, I kind of kept going. I've been, I've been playing through some levels on expert. Um, on Christmas Eve, I was playing some Tetris and I got about halfway through the campaign on expert. And I'm just like, what is even happening? Like, who am I right now? Um, like, man, like it goes so fast. Like it's not even, once you get up to a certain speed level, it's not even really dropping anymore. It just appears and you have to be like pushing the buttons to rotate or move it before you even see it or else it's just going to freeze there. But like if you start before that, you've got some leeway to move it around. Um, so I, I've been playing it. I'm like, OK, all right. So then I was like, you know what? Now that I've played this much on expert, I'm going to go back and try that final level on normal and see if I can do it. So on Christmas Day, I went through and I did it. And I got through it and I completed the final level on normal. And I was just like, I was so excited. So I posted it in the Discord because I was just like too excited to contain myself. I'm like, I can't, I can't not do this. Um, so I was really excited about that. Um, and then like since then, I've just been playing some more on Expert. And Cody, it's, it's tough, but like... It, it still does the thing where, like, it'll go up and down in the speed, so it's not constantly always at a super high speed. And, like, you know, when I first started playing on Beginner, I'd get to, like, speed level 10, and I'd be like, this is, like, the worst thing in the history of the world. Now, I get to 10, and I'm like, oh, God, I, I get to have a breather. Thank you. Let's, let's stick at 10 for a while. Because, like, once you get up to, like, 15, I say, like, between 15 and 18... I guess there's a difference in the speed, but it's going so fast that I can't even tell. Like, it's just, you're screwed once it gets to that high. Um, turns out once you hit level 20 speed, it's it's even worse. Like, I was, I was feeling like there's just a problem with my controller. I'm like, this controller isn't talking fast enough. Like, I might need to just, like, plug <laughs> into the system to wire it to save me that millisecond of time to get stuff done. Um... But yeah, so I've been playing last night, Cody. Um, I've I've reached the final level on expert, and I'm just like, what the fuck? I'm like so excited. I'm so proud of myself. Like before, when I last week when I was talking about Resogun and like how all I wanted was to be good at Resogun. Like right now, all I want is to be good at Tetris. Um, 
And I say good loosely because good to me is just passing a level. You get a grade for each level and like I get D's and E's. Those are the worst grades you can get. Um, like you should get yeah, like an A and then an that's S. All that well, I'm getting through it and that's all that matters to me. And I'm just, I'm having a great time. And it's just like such a moving experience to come into something and never have expected that I had it in me to do this. And to see myself grow is just incredible. And I've had a couple people, friends and family, that I've I've been like, here, come play Tetris. Come see this. And, like, they'll start off and, like, I'll see them. And, like, you know, it's pretty rough when they first start. Because, like, who knows when the last time they played Tetris was. Um, yeah. But within, like, a couple of levels, I see them. And, like, I can see them improving, like, already just from just, like, the short amount of time that they played. And so it's really cool just to be able to see that improvement that goes into it. Um, hold on. There's... I made notes to make sure I didn't want to miss anything. Um, oh yeah. So just in general, I know I've talked for forever about Tetris effect and I'm so sorry. Hopefully I'll be done soon, but like, I just like, I can't not talk about it. Um, my mind can't fathom the intricacies that went into making this game and making the songs work in a certain way so that if someone beats a level in two minutes, and someone else beats the level in six minutes, like they still get a good song flowing smoothly through all of that. Um, also just like the way that they were able to integrate the little sound effects, the little notes that happen uh, to make it an interactive experience. Like, it's amazing. I don't know, like I can't, it's magic to me. So that's fantastic. Um, and I don't think there's anything as satisfying as when you're beating a level, when you get your final line that you need for it, and then the music just kind of has this crescendo that comes up into the boom when you finish. And like hearing that boom is always just like, yeah, it's so deep. And it's like, yeah, it gets you. That feels That's like what she said. That was a good one. Oh, man. Um, let's see. Um, oh yeah so and also just like the really great experience when you're when you're playing through something and you're so focused in it and like you can't pay attention to um what's like how far you are and so like you suddenly hit that last level and like you didn't know you were close to ending yet and you're like oh my god that's amazing it's just like i don't know it's such a great experience also the joy you feel when you're going through a fast patch and then it like slows back down. Oh my God. Cody's going to sleep because he's so bored right now about my Tetris talk. Um, in 24 hours when you've stopped talking about Tetris. Effect. Okay. I will. But, um, let me just say also like pretty much all I've been talking about is the campaign mode, which is incredible, but the effect modes are great too. And I recently started playing the mystery mode where it does a bunch of different things. Like it'll turn the board upside down or it'll give you like gigantic pieces or there'll be like lines that have bombs in them that you have to explode or that you have to clear the line before they explode. And that was, that's been a fantastic tool. I think, I think doing that helped like train me to be a better Tetris player. Um, so I think it's really cool that it's there. Um, let me just say Kate Brady is the vocalist on 
the majority of the vocal tracks and she's amazing um so you should well she doesn't have i don't she has like an ep out but she doesn't have like a full album or anything other than tetris but her voice makes it magnificent um i just i don't know man it's it's a magical journey and i am obsessed i can't get enough of it and i think everybody if you have the slightest inkling of a i like tetris you should play it, or if you have a love for music in any way, you should play it, because it's incredible. So, Cody, I know you've played a little bit of it, but uh, obviously you don't share my obsession with it, but... It's a, it's a very gorgeous and beautiful-sounding game, um, and I definitely am looking forward to hopping into more of it. It's very, it's very relaxing. Like, when I played it during Extra Life, I was very, like, calm during it. Yeah. Um, except for when it got, like, really, like tense like drums beating and i was like oh god no. um but no like i'm i see why it's so high up on your list it's a very good game so yeah okay. all right well uh, turn for my nap now uh i mean uh we're just gonna remove that and done this oh boy cowboys here it's time to mosey on over to my number two. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> my number two is Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, I don't know what else I can say about this game. I've talked so much good about it. Uh, it's going to be one of those games that sticks with me for the rest of my life. Because, like, Arthur Morgan is such a fucking incredible character. And, like, the... I've been thinking about this a lot lately, like this in my number one, I've been thinking about a lot. Um, Red of Redemption is about redemption and Arthur's story of redemption is so fucking beautiful in so many ways. Um, and like where his character ends up in it all at the end is so tragic. But like I said earlier, like there's a beauty in it because like he got his redemption. Um, and I won't say anything past that. I think it's a game you really do have to experience. Um, and like, just, I haven't even touched online. But eventually I will, but like, I only did the tutorial, but like, yeah. God damn, that story and that campaign, like everything, like everything I did in that just made me like love the character more and more. And like Arthur just, he really became like one of my favorite characters of all time. Just amazing. And like, the controls aren't the greatest. It's definitely outdated. Um, hopefully Rockstar learns this from in the next game. Um, but like visually, like there's so many moments when you like round a corner and you just look and like the fucking landscape is so beautiful. There's so many moments where you like climb to the top of the mountain and you just look across and like you see the valleys and the fields and it's just like this looks so incredible. Um, and just yeah, like so many cool things in that game and like i said i can't i can't praise it enough uh it's just a beautiful story like and like i said it's not a video game it is an experience and like it's it's so amazing um so that's why red dead redemption 2 is my number two because of the incredible story that rockstar did and i'm so thankful that they did it nice all right it's time for the big one See, I was hoping you'd talk for longer because, like, my throat's still kind of sore. I was hoping it would recover oh, no from, I'll take the from all that talking. Um, okay, great. Because, I mean, shocker, we have shocker. the same number one. 
we're the same number one. <laughs> it is Fallout 76. Wait, boo, what? Boo, boo. No? No. Oh, oh, what? no. What? Jerry, Jerry's coming at me with a bat. Um, Jerry, our number one. This. Yeah, Jerry. Duh. Our number one is God of War. Yeah. Um, no shocker. Like, we love this game so much. We talked about it earlier. Um, yeah, like, what a, like, as someone who loved the original God of War games, to take a character and do a complete 180 and, like, turn him from this rage-filled, like, man bro, pretty much, and turn him into a dad and have him like a fish out of water pretty much because like he's in a foreign area and he's not used to having to care for another individual like this um it's such a interesting story dynamic and like the story that unfolds because of it between him and atreus and like the kind of mirror between other characters in the game who also have a parent and sibling relationship and how like it's not a mirror but it's like this is what it could have been had Kratos not learned how to be a better parent uh, is really interesting. And like, we've talked so much about this game, how like the combat feels amazing. And like that first moment when you get that execution, you just like rip a monster in half. And you're just like, yes, um, this first giant boss battles. Now like they, they kept the, the boss battles where like you fight that giant dragon. Like you just like rip its draw off pretty much. And like, it's it just feels so good and then like the small moments like when kratos is talking to his son and just like trying to teach him a lesson and then like have that counteracted by like the like lightheartedness of mimir and like he's just telling a funny story and like how there's always a story to be told while you're rowing around the boat and like these side missions where you help these ghosts who like want to like be free but they can't because something happened to them and just like how the story builds and it builds and it builds and like the ultimate payoff of it all is so amazing and like you really feel for Kratos and Atreus and like just like how you were talking about earlier. Alright, we're gonna do a small little bit of story spoiler stuff. So like when Kratos at the end is like telling Atreus how he picked a name and how he was for this soldier uh from back when he was in the war in the army and like how no matter what uh, Treyas always like was like ready and smiling and like ready to do whatever he needed to do, and like it was just so beautiful and like really like kind of like was like just that perfectness of it. Um, well, and I just actually I went back and watched that scene before the podcast just to refresh my memory, and um, Kratos was saying that Atreus reminded his fellow soldiers of their humanity and goodness and he inspired hope in them and so after after he died defending his his fellow soldiers uh his memory was a comfort in dark times and so just knowing that he named his son that and that he wanted him to be that and because like the whole game atreus is you know feeling like he's not good enough for his dad he's not living up to what he wants to be because he's not like kratos and like then you get to the end and you're like oh kratos you know never wanted that for him he wanted him to be the inspiration for hope he wanted him to be the goodness and the happiness in the world and so it's just like oh oh my god yeah. it gets you um so yeah there's just so many elements of this game that like 
make it a perfect game. Like, the visuals, the music, the gameplay, the story, like, the characters. Like, every character is fascinating. Mm -hmm. Like, even the world serpent, who doesn't really talk to you. Like, it's the just... world serpent is amazing, and like yeah. the way that you are, or I guess is it Mimir who blows the actual horn to communicate with him? Like, yeah. oh my god, that blew me away when that first happened, and then later, like you get you go inside the world serpent and do stuff, and it's just right. like it's it's crazy. Um, I feel like this game just like it's an epic. Like, everything about it is fantastic. The story it tells, but also just the way that it was made. The, I mean, the way it has no cuts. The visuals are amazing. The combat feels so great. And things unlock at just the right time, I would say. Like, you think you're like, oh, I'm about to, you know, max this out. I got it all under control. I know what I'm doing. And then it's like, oh, here's this also. And then you're like, oh, I have to learn a whole other way to do stuff. And like the enemies that they throw at you, like you have different types of things, like different weapons to use against them to to have different effects. Um, I I almost lost my shit the first time I was fighting like, I don't know, is it like a troll or an ogre, one of the really big guys? And he just like grabbed a smaller enemy and threw him at me and i was like oh, yeah. what is happening this is so cool like i've never had that happen before um and then like you can go climb on top of that troller ogre and like kind of control it and make it punch other enemies and i'm just like this is amazing like i never would have thought that you could do that in a combat situation um like you've talked about the before the boss fights are amazing like i am not one who generally likes boss fights but i had a blast with this talking about fighting that dragon i was like why couldn't monster hunter world feel like the fight with this dragon because this is amazing um there's a part where like i think you go up you jump up in the dragon's mouth and like rip off its tooth or something while you're fighting it am i misremembering that so, yeah, yeah. No, no, i think you're right. it was so cool um it it just it really makes you feel like like you have the power of a god as you're playing um and i feel like like there's there are no like wasted npcs in this game like every character that you come across is important and like you get part of their personality you get part of their story um i feel like they're all so well done there's no one that's just like a throwaway yeah and i feel i, I think part of that is because like after every like say when you're going and you're going around the the, the river and like or the lake yeah. um and you help the spirits after each one like kratos turns to atreus and is like this is a lesson to be learned and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like it, that makes those NPCs like matter because mm -hmm. he's teaching Atreus. And, like it's just, it's phenomenal. Like it's the way they do it. Also, one of the best parts is when you're going through the lake. Um, someone's always trying to tell a story. So either Mimir will tell a story, which are usually really good and interesting, and like you learn about Norse mythology. Um, but then Atreus tries to get Kratos to tell stories, and it's so funny. This is like some of the humor I was talking about before, because like he tells the worst stories, and like Atreus is like, that isn't even really a story. Those are just statements, and it's just so funny. Like listening to him try to tell stories and like try to be the dad you know um it's fantastic um 
Let's see. There are so many moments that, like, just as Sam hates when I say, give you the goosebumps. Um, uh, there's a boat ride, and the entire boat ride, I was just like sitting there. I was like, "Ooh, yes! I am so pumped for what's about to happen." Um, <laughs> and like, just like the kind of twist at the end, where you're mm-hmm. just like, "Whoa! They went there! Oh my gosh!" And like. When you sit down and think that like this game almost didn't happen, this almost like was not a game, and like it's like oh my god, like it's crazy because like how amazing it is, um, and like it's just really cool to see the character of Kratos and like how they, like I said, they took this like angry like rage filled guy and like they've made him a caring and kind of like stoic father figure, and like it's really cool, and like I'm excited to see where they bring him in the next game, and like so much cool stuff happens in this game and like it's just it's amazing and like i said when we did our spoiler cast like this is not my game of the year this is my favorite game of all time like it is that damn good yeah and i mean i i think it's the best made game best game of all time um i don't think i think like every single thing that you could look at for like what makes a good game i think this checks those boxes oh and also i forgot i was going to mention you mentioned the music the music is fantastic it's by bear oh, yeah. mccreary who did the soundtrack for battlestar galactica and so like i've loved him ever since then so to to hear his his edge on on this music it's just like man this is so good um like i said i was just watching a little bit of it some clips from it uh before the podcast and i was like man I really want to go back and play this game again. I had such a good time. I, I keep thinking about it. I'm it's, like, oh, I should do a new game plus. Well, I was thinking about that, but I'm also like, man, but maybe I just want to start from scratch again. Like, I don't want to have all my powers. I don't want to have all my abilities. Like, I want to, you know, do the slow build again. Um, yeah. And it's just like, it just does such a good job of the emotions behind this. Because, I mean, that's what really gets you in a story is like being able to emotionally connect and, and having feelings for these characters. And there's, there's this part where he goes into a pillar of light and he sees some visions of his wife and hears things that Atreus said. And he just like can hear the hurt in his son's voice from him not living up to what a father should be. And just like feeling the pain from that. I was just like, God, it's so moving. And then the scene that happens right after that when he exits the Pillar of Light and, you know, he's left Atreus on his own while he was doing that. And there are dozens of dead bodies around. And obviously Atreus had to defend himself during that time. And you're just like, whoa, what, you know, what has just happened? And just knowing what this kid has has had to deal with growing up with Kratos. And uh, it's just so amazing. It's such a good game. I don't know. Some would say it's the game of the year. We would say it's the game of the year. So. And so would our community. And so would um, the Game Awards and many other outlets. People yeah, I mean, People recognize that it's a, it stands out. So, yeah. I don't know. And this is, I, I almost spoiled this. I probably did spoil this like a couple weeks ago on the podcast. And I was uh, talking yeah, about how... Yeah, um, it's fine. It was just like, you know, when you uh, you see something and you have expectations for what it's going to be, 
and then it lives up to those expectations because like before this game even came out just seeing trailers for it I was like I can tell like this is going to be a masterpiece and this is going to be game of the year um and it just it lived up to to everything you could hope it would be um you'd mentioned how people who loved the game before you know come to it and have it in a new way but it's also perfectly welcoming to people who've never played a game before um it's amazing it is yeah all right all right, well. We did it, Sam. All right, that's First a... ever game of the year for Geekard Games. That's a wrap. Pop the champagne, yeah. Jerry. Oh, wait. No champagne. We've got some water. Yay. Water. That's great. That was a meaty episode. I know. That's like My... almost three hours, probably. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It's, yeah. it's long. <laughs> um but yeah, it was it was a good time. I'm glad we got to talk about it. I, I know that about half the episode was taken up with me talking about Tetris Effect, so thank you for indulging me there. Um, <laughs> so we hope you guys have enjoyed it. If we like we when we were getting ready, when I was doing my my cramming for game of the year, uh, we posted in Discord to to see if anybody had any suggestions for something that we might have missed that we should definitely give a look to. Nobody responded to that one. They're like, ah. You guys, you guys got it covered. You know your games. You're good to go. Don't worry about it. So, uh, but if we miss something, if there's something that was a spectacular game for you, reach out to us and let us know. Because you know we like trying new things, even if we don't think it'll be something that we like. You never know. Could end up in our top ten list. So hey, yeah. there you go. Um, you can email us at contact at geekartgames.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter at geekartgames. We stream at twitch.tv slash geekartgames, and you can watch our videos at geekartgames.com slash YouTube. We welcome you to our Discord at geekartgames.com slash Discord, and you can buy a shirt at geekartgames.com slash shirts. And we would love for you to give us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast service you use. Those are fantastic for us. And you can... Um, oh, geez, I forgot how to talk there. It's it's The lateness is kicking in now. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at S-K-S-U-V-A-K, Cody. I'm at Compa Cody. Is there anything else you need to say, sir? Uh, no, this is coming out the day before New Year's. We hope you all have a safe New Year's. Um, and we hope 2019 is filled with video game awesomeness. And we hope you'll take the ride with us in 2019. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you yeah. guys so much for listening. Best year. Definitely. We appreciate you. And we're all going to level up on January 1st. So great. <laughs> nice. I like it. All right. Um, Cody, take it away. We're just two geeks who heart games and wish you a happy new year. Do, 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 do. Yeah. yeah.